Welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 40. Um, and so this week we're, we've got something a little different. Um, our co-host and high priest of Konshu, Konishu, is away at a convention, but we have a very special guest tonight. So, no need to strap, um, no need to grab your issues out. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Listeners, we are here for a, a very different episode 40 of Into the Night. Um, due to some scheduling difficulties, um, I wouldn't say difficulties, I'll say challenges, um, with getting a couple of cool loonies on our show, uh, we've decided to push back our review of Moon Knight Volume 9, Issue 194, the latest from Max Bemis. Um, so in the interim, I thought it would be really cool and fresh off uh, coming, uh, guesting on, on his show, Sons of the Dragon, I thought it would be pretty cool to have host Connor on the show, not to be confused with Connor Shu. So, yes, welcome, Connor. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good, good. I'm very, uh, very excited and very happy to, to have you on the show uh, tonight. Uh, we've got something a little different in flavour, um, but uh, as I mentioned to Connor before, we are at the Grant Mansion here. Splendid interior decorated, um, you know, mansion. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, knight knight's armors. You know, in the hallway we have uh, chandeliers, um, burgundy, such and such. It's it's fantastic here, Connor. And I can't, cannot think of a better place to have a sit down with you and just a bit of a chat. Yeah, it's slightly creepy though, but. <laughs> it um. is, it is, yeah, don't worry um, Yeah, yeah um, <laughs> I hope uh, Yeah, I hope everything's all Above board here Anyway, oh, It'll be fine, nothing yeah. eventful happens here, right? So No, um, no, yeah, look While, while Mark's away and Connorshoe's away We've got the mansion to ourselves So, um, you know, I'm going to pour myself A, a wine and, and you can have a, a wine or a whiskey too And uh, we'll sit down and um, And yeah, just have a bit of a chin wag So, so Connor, first off, and I know that um, we have recently almost wrapped up, I guess, the Damnation um, crossover event that crossed over our podcasts, as well as Inner Demons, a Ghost Rider podcast, and Defenders TV podcast. Um, mm-hmm. how, how, did you, how did you find that event as a whole? Like, we'll cover it in a roundtable discussion, but I just wanted to, to get your thoughts. How did you find the whole um, inter podcast experience oh the well i can talk about the podcast experience yeah 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 i'll, I'll go on for ages if we're talking about how i felt about damnation um, <laughs> but the the podcast yeah no i really enjoyed it it felt great collaborating with other people other characters yeah and i i haven't been listening to much podcast lately so it gave me an excuse and it was really awesome learning about um well Unfortunately, not so much Moon Knight as Scarlet no. Spider, yeah. but uh, you know, also learning about Doctor Strange was fantastic, and was yeah, fun. it was really awesome. I, I think the podcast crossover was better than Damnation itself. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, I'd have to agree with you in some regards there as well. Um, yeah, really enjoyed the podcast crossover as well. It was really fun. Uh, 
you know, it's not uh, typically uh, easy to kind of get four podcasts to schedule in together, but we managed to, we were lucky enough to everyone to be on board and, um, mm. you know, there were some scheduling conflicts as well because, you know, such is life. So we weren't able to really um, cross-pollinate, you know, hosts here and there, not until the end at least. Um, but yeah, at least we've got this roundtable thing coming up, which will be which will yes. be pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, like further to that, I guess. Um, so we know that you really do like, like Iron Fist. I mean, you've got an Iron Fist podcast. Oh. Um, but he's okay. He's okay. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, but you know, well, let's um, let's go back a bit, right, right, kind of to the the beginning at least. Um, and I just wanted to ask first off the bat, like, how did you how did you get into comics in general? Well, uh, I was a kid, obviously, and my mum was a Superman fan. Like, she liked oh. the Crystal Reeve movies, oh, and she got got this sort of trade payback Superman in the fifties, and I read the crap out of that, and that was that was. Uh, that was easily the craziest era for Superman. He's dressing up and mm. whacking people and stuff and different colors of kryptonite. Mr. McSpitlick. Uh, yeah, so I, I, as a kid, I read that. It was, you know, very colorful, you know, always things happening. I enjoyed that. And then when I was growing up as a teenager, uh, do you remember the when Marvel used to do essential collections? Yeah, the, the black and white ones. Yeah, the big mm-hmm. black and white ones. Um, so... We got the pretty much the full Stan Lee Spider-Man run and a bit beyond. So Stan Lee and Steve Dicto and John Romita uh, Senior, mm-hmm. and that's what really got me, got me hooked onto comics. Like when I started going, oh, these are awesome because those comic. Like if you're an awkward teenager, that era of Spider-Man is yeah, it's like per- I think it's perfect. yeah, it's like the most relatable yeah. thing ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, true. And so you and, were you were supported yeah. by your mum with comic collecting? Like, was she actively into it as well? No, no. Oh, okay. No, it was just something she picked up. And thought it'd be fun. Uh, yeah. I ended up getting more use out of it than her. Yeah, right. And and no doubt you watched, um, as you as you mentioned, you know, growing up and stuff. You watched all the Superman movies and all that. Well, yeah, I watched I watched the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Mm-hmm. And I watched the Michael Keaton Batman movies, and then the when um, uh, what's that director's name? He did Falling Down. Uh, oh, Joel, Schuma- Joel Schumacher. Yes, when yeah. Joel Schumacher took over from Tim Burton, I watched those as well. Oh god, did you? Um, oh god, yeah. I was a kid, so I thought yeah, they were good. True. Um, yeah. Now I think they're garbage. Oh, the the Tim Burton ones are fantastic. Yes, but... they still hold up. Yeah. So I watched, yeah, the, I watched Superman and Batman, but I read Spider Man, and ah. you know, I would get, I would get the occasional Superman comics, and read them when I was growing up, but yeah. mostly I would just read those uh, Spider Man essentials, like those first five or six volumes, just over and over again. Yeah, that's um, um yeah, that that's pretty cool that Spider Man kind of still remained in your wheelhouse because around that time as you're talking about Christopher Reeve and, and Michael Keaton's Batman as well, like, DC were hammering it with the with the films back then. Like, yeah. uh, Superman, Christopher Reeve, was, and, and I saw that when I was young as well. I remember as a family as well, we, we kind of watched that, and my mum swooned over Christopher Reeve, you know, because yeah, he was a bit of a hunk, and, 
Uh, <laughs> and Batman was just that was in my early high school years, and uh, and that was I think that was prime because it was um, it was darker, it was a bit edgier, a bit kooky with with Tim Burton, um, but again DC just um, smashed it out of the park with with um, Batman from um, Tim Burton. Yeah, well, interesting note on that is. Because people people look at those Tim Burton movies today and they probably think they're campy, but mm. they really weren't that campy at all, especially for the time. Because at that time, Batman in like public consciousness, people thought of Adam West. Yeah, yep. And these movies were like as far as you get from Adam West. Obviously, in the comics at that point, like you'd had Dark Knight Returns and it was, mm. but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, and like even Superman the movie, yeah, when it came out. You know that that was that was like a pretty serious movie. Mm. Um, still is until you get up to Lex Luthor. Dramatic tonal shift there. <laughs> I, I remember Superman three. I, th- I love Superman two because you know as a kid, um, is a General Zod and and the oh, yeah. Zod. I mean those <laughs> like to have three beings as strong as Superman fighting. That was that was my um, you know. That was the pinnacle for me as a little kid. It's like, okay, Superman's so strong. Damn it, he's got three mm. people as strong as him. And the third one, I was about to say, Superman 3 with Richard Pryor. Um, yes. I was actually... Controversial. Re- controversial. Uh, how so? Mm. What? Oh, well, uh, a lot of people hate it. Yeah, well, I, I didn't really rate it that high myself. But I haven't yeah. seen it in ages. I've got it on Blu-ray. Um, uh, my partner's brother gave it to me. Um and I remember being really scared when there's that scene where that woman gets um, turned into a robot or something. You know how she... Oh, that was so messed up. It was. As a little kid, that freaked me out. Like, it's so well, funny. I watched that yeah. recently, and that's that's like... It's this weird, grotesque, violent sequence yeah. in this pretty, like... Probably the most light-hearted of the Chris Reeves movies has this really weird, messed up mm. sequence where, yeah, she's got, like, those stuff going into her eyes and stuff. And yeah. It's just... I had, I think I had nightmares from that. I mean, it's funny talking uh, yeah. about it now, like, you know, but back then it really did affect, <laughs> it really did affect me. Um, but, yeah, no, they were, they were great movies and, and Tim Burton's Batman, although, as you're saying, was slightly campy. I mean, it still was, like, heaps dark. Like, if, I remember as well um, Cobblepot. It was a Danny DeVito as Penguin. Yeah, there was some really gross really stuff. Really freaky character. There. Yeah, and when he kind of keeled over at the end and he had this black stuff coming out of his mouth. Yeah, was, the uh, bile. Yeah. And then you have, like, the penguin army marching. So it yeah. just, like, goes all over the place in terms of tone. Yeah. Um, yeah I love it, though. I mean, that was... That was... Uh, there was that whole thing where, like, they couldn't sell toys mm. because it was too violent and it right. got the M rating. Mm. And I am pretty sure it's the first, or PG thirteen in America, but I'm pretty sure that's the first, you know, super mainstream superhero movie to ever get an M rating. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, so, so really, yeah, really, really dark stuff. Um, did you watch any animated stuff like to to supplement, complement your your comic uh, collecting and your movie watching? See, that's the thing. I'm I'm part of I'm part of that infuriating generation called '90s kids who just won't shut up about Dragon Ball Z and how awesome their childhood was with Cheese TV. Shut up. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I never really watched any of the cartoons. If okay. I watched uh, whatever Spider Man's mm-hmm. were on, 
Spider-Man ones were on, so mm-hmm. the 90s Spider-Man cartoon and the 90s Ultimate Spider-Man, where he's in the future. Yeah. I watched those whenever they were on, but... Never, yeah. You never got more, into... Yeah. You never got into the X-Men? They were huge back in the 90s. No, yeah, no, they were massive. I never never wow. watched X-Men. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, they, they kind of... I kind of was past that point around that time. I was I was following the comics actively for X-Men. X-Men were, were big in my wheelhouse back then, but um, I kind of had stopped watching animated stuff then, so I, I never really did watch much of the X-Men animated stuff um yeah. but i thought the whole fanfare of x-men around that time would have been massive and i interesting that you you weren't kind of um influenced or you know taken in with it i mean yeah not i didn't watch none of my friends i should i mean i went to a really small school i guess but like i had you know 10 classmates but yeah. um yeah no well, just never was there a i mean a small school and all was there a um was there a big comic culture in there or Oh no! <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. I, I I was probably the only person that, like, even in high school, I think I was like the only person that read comics. Oh, um, really? Yeah, yeah no. So, yeah, I didn't really grow up with anyone who was into yeah. that stuff. Did you uh, did you get in, did you try making comics or writing or, or drawing comics when you were young? Yeah, I wrote Pigman. Oh, awesome! Um, that sounds good I'm, immediately. I'd read that Pigman. Yeah, yeah, cool. You know, Sure, they've been lost to the ages by now, but uh, I mean, you can probably figure out what he's the pig. Yeah, he was a pig dressed up that went around saving yeah. people and punching things. Yeah, don't yeah. even know why I made Pig Man, honestly. I think I was just bored, <laughs> just you, killing time. You could actually make, I'm not sure what tone it had, but you could actually take that in a real dark tone as well. Like, you know, have a. Oh, I did. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. People would die like. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was really weird. I don't know. Maybe oh, yeah. I should ask the doctor about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, you're gonna have to dig up some of the um the old material. I um during high school as well. There was only a, a small band um of friends that had had com- or were into comics in there as well. And we actually had a um a little series. There were four of us, and and we all um drew our own comics and and we did a similar to this podcast crossover we we had a crossover event which was pretty cool <laughs> um yeah and my uh, my team was lotus hopelessly overpowered characters because back then i think i really loved overpowered characters and the more powerful the better so i had this guy that could basically do anything like um he, he gets hurt um it kind of took a leaf out of out of um the Incredible Hulk, Lou Ferrino and Bill Bixby. So oh, yeah. yeah, so if he get if he got hurt in any way, he could turn the pain he he receives on his nerves into to any sort of any sort of power. So it was just terribly overpowered. <laughs> um yeah, and uh the team was called Lotus and it was meant to kind of be like Shield, but I never got round to figuring out what the the letters stood for. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, those kind of like half-baked ideas when you when you're young. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like, like, I guess much like yourself, writing and creating a comic kind of went hand in hand around that age when you were collecting mm. as well. Because, like, you know, around that young age, you're, I don't know, creative. The creative juices are really flowing, and you kind of want, yeah. you want to get into it. You want to participate, and um, yeah, yeah, I, I see that kind of with a lot of comic collectors. Um. Also, I mean, I wanted to ask, so from that, from comic collecting, how did you kind of get into Iron Fist? 
as a fan? Well, I was hiking through the Himalayas, <laughs> and there was a storm, and I got <laughs> ended up in this mystical city. Yeah, yeah. And no, that didn't actually happen. With, uh, with Jessica, Jessica Henwick. Henwick, yes. Henwick, yeah. She looks so much like an old friend of mine. It's crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, no. So every time, you know, old friend that yeah, not on great terms. So every time I see her on screen, oh, it's like, no. oh, it's kind oh. of like looking at an ex. Um, <laughs> tainted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, not really tainted, but just like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, um, but um, no. Uh, so well, probably not the biggest surprise, but I got into Iron Fist through martial arts. I was doing martial mm-hmm. arts and uh, where did I come across Iron Fist initially? Through Spider-Man somehow, maybe, or no? Uh, I'd seen him in Deadpool. Uh-huh, yeah. I know that because, uh, oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Before I got into Iron Fist, I was big into Deadpool. So ah. uh, that was Deadpool was probably the biggest gateway besides Spider-Man. When it came to like learning about all the characters, well, what do you think? Good of Deadpool, the... I mean, not Daniel Way. So, oh, I don't think I read Daniel. Joe Kelly, you mean, and and Jerry Duggan? Yes, yeah? J- yes, exactly. Joe yeah. Kelly, that that era, um, yeah, very good. The, the the classic era, but uh, yeah. So I got uh, yeah, I got I got into him. Um, I picked up uh, Immortal Iron Fist. I devoured that. And because uh, that was that was a very training heavy period in my life, all mm-hmm. I'd do is eat, sleep, and train. Mm-hmm. And what were you? What, like, what martial arts were you doing? Um, uh, Tungsudo. So it's a Korean oh. uh, martial art similar to Taekwondo, but there's some Hapkido in there, which is uh, like a lot, a lot of like wrist locks and stuff. Okay, um, cool. grappling work. Uh, and also more focus on upper body. Like we do all the kicks they do, but mm-hmm. um, you know we we focus on upper body a lot as oh. well. So elbows, punches, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, I've uh, I mean, I'm still part of the organization. I just haven't been training much the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, much to the chagrin of the master, though, who's like, "Hey, can you train more this year?" <laughs> I probably should go. But um, yeah. Anyway, so I was I was uh, yeah, I've been doing that for a couple of years at that point. And that's how I got into Iron Fist. Because, I don't know, I just felt... It just sort of clicked. Yeah. You know? I just read it, and um, it was just really my bag. I loved it, and the Immortal run had a lot of uh, throwback to, like, 30s and 40s. Yeah. Hulk yeah. stories and stuff, especially in the character of Orson Randall. Uh, yeah. So, right, well, I really got into that. Yeah. And then, I'm like, okay... Then I just read Iron Fist from the start all the way to the end. <laughs> wow. All right. I mean, yeah. like, just to put a pin on that little thought there about you saying there's a lot of um, 30s and 40s and going back to the old one as well, you did mm-hmm. You did jump onto, I guess, a very a very cool run. Um, it, I guess a lot of people, and, and you can probably speak to this as well, Connor, um, from your show and stuff, um, I guess the immortal Iron Fist is seen as quite the, um, the seminal run for Iron yep. Fist um, by Matt Fraction and is it David Arya? Uh, Ed Brubaker Ed Fraction Br- and uh, and yeah David Arya. Okay um, yeah it's a fantastic run um, yeah but that I, I can imagine you falling in love with Iron Fist after reading that that was really cool um, and what I wanted to say with um, just as you were saying 
it had it harked a lot back to the 30s and 40s. Um, and listening to your podcast um, for quite a while now, I know that you do kind of lean towards the um, the more classic, older school kind of comics. Yeah, like, like you mentioned, I, I've noted. I remember a lot of conversations with Carl saying that you know, I went through this modern comic in about like two minutes and you know there's no yep. substance to it and like yeah and like how you kind of really appreciate the older comics so um what i wanted to say and it surprised me i i thought you maybe you would have picked it up from the old like from the 70s and such um but uh no that's really good so you read through all of them like you went all the way back and read have you have you started a collection or are you on trades yep i I have every uh, I have every Iron Fist trade you can actually get. Awesome. Um, uh, I have not started. Uh, I have the first two issues, Marvel Premiere fifteen and sixteen of Iron Fist. Wow. Uh, as floppies. Yep. But I I just don't have the money to I you know see. collect single issues, so yeah. I've just chosen trades instead. And even that is like crazy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Iron Fist has been the easiest to collect because he has the least amount of trades there. Um, right. Did, so, do you know how many yeah. direct floppies he's like for, for series? How many issues in total you'd have to get for Iron Fist? Or? Well, they've done they've done that Mar- Marvel Legacy numbering, which helps a bit. So oh yes, of course. Uh, for yeah. his own title like books where he is like the only star so there's been yeah. 80 issues but then you have power man and iron fist which and I'd he include came in as well pardon oh which i mean which i'd include right as well i mean there's some really big good arcs in that aren't there for yeah power, for they're iron not fist? they're not included in the legacy numbering though Ah, uh, okay right um but they they he came in issue 48 and that run ends it in uh, 125. So wow, that's yeah, a fair slab there. And big uh, slab. Yeah, and uh, there's a bit of news here as well. I guess um, we were just talking a bit earlier off air. Kind of you, you, um, yeah. you set a poll uh, for what run to do next for Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist yep. podcast. And what was it? <laughs> we're going to do the full Power Man and Iron Fist run. So. Yeah. Uh, Get your seventies on, baby. We're going there, <laughs> and uh, then the eighties because the run goes on for that long. So <laughs> yeah, I mean they'll be they'll be a fantastic journey, and and anyone who is an Iron Fist fan, and in particular who who does like that run, uh, for sure, jump on board to Sons of the Dragon and check that out. That'll be um that'll be pretty cool to listen to reviews of all the issues there. Fantastic. Yeah, and I recommend uh, like before before if you do start listening to Power Man Iron Fist, I recommend you check out our coverage of the classic Iron Fist run. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, Power Man and Iron Fist pretty much just continues from that. Right, yes. Um, because, you know, the ratings were suffering, so they essentially combined the characters. So heaps of plot threads from that classic Iron Fist run uh, continued in Power Man and Iron Fist. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it'll be it'll be interesting, um, because, yeah, that, that's, that, that is like the next two to three years. <laughs> it's yeah. just going to be that's Power it. Man and Iron Fist, so... That's it. Um, and also, just I was just thinking, just collecting-wise as well, just taking a step back again. Um, yeah. Because with Moon Knight, say, for instance, one I think one of the perks of Moon Knight is that it is achievable. Like There are a fair few loonies probably listening now and out there in our group who actually have attained the entire collection of Moon Knight. Um, we're you know, directly involved, um, you know, series and books, not, not cameos. There are actually some loonies out there that have 
got all the Moon Knight and are currently hunting down all the appearances in, in all of that. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... But I think if you compare them to, like, obviously Spider-Man or Daredevil, um, the likes of... Oh, my. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The likes of Iron Fist and Moon Knight, I reckon it is achievable. It is a long-term goal. Um, uh, but, you know... Even like getting the trades, I think, is really achievable as well. And and yeah. similar with Iron Fist, it's the same with Moon Knight. Like I've, I'm concentrating on the trades, and um, and I reckon it will be like a, a lifetime, um, ongoing thing to to you know pick up floppies where I can and get the series. Yeah, but um, definitely achievable as opposed to like yeah, even Daredevil. That that's just crazy the amount of stuff that. Yeah, he's in. there's so, there's, yeah, especially I mean, there there is stories that come up now and then with those Superman fans who are mm-hmm. really crazy or really mm-hmm. crazy and have a lot of money and they'll just have yes. these huge collections. Yeah. Um, which you can never really get to with uh, Moon Knight or Iron Fist. Mm. I, don't, I don't think you could fill a room with Moon Knight and Iron Fist. No, stuff. no. It'd um, be a pretty small room, I think. So. <laughs> yeah, like a closet, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, yeah. well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about, I guess, other other characters that you like as well, but... Just jumping again from where we were talking about Sons of the Dragon, um, the podcast that you have, uh, mm. how did how did that come about? Like, um, so l- let me just say, and let me slightly fanboy here, Connor, um, w- while I can. Um, yeah. Like one of the dream, like one of the, um, I don't know, the great things that has happened for me, like in podcasting this year, is is this podcasting crossover event that we've had, um, and Defenders. I would cite Defenders and Sons of the Dragon as one of the two main influences um, for for actually starting a podcast and going for Moon Knight. So I uh, always wanted to do a character-based one. Um, I loved um, what the boys were doing over at Defenders TV Podcast. You yourself know how good they, they are. Yeah. Um, but then, like, your, your podcast was... Um, like, you know, I'm sure there are hundreds of ones out there for, you know, I don't know, Daredevil and Batman and such. But, you know, Iron Fist, a really cool... Um, you know, second tier character. Um, you you actually had a podcast, which was which was your podcast, and I found that really cool. So I just wanted to say, yeah, like a, a huge influence actually starting into the night was actually um, by was actually through listening to Sons of the Dragon. So have to have to tip my hats off to you there, Connor. <laughs> Thank uh, you very much. It it yeah. feels really good to hear that. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's fantastic. Like just I yeah, keep doing what you're doing and. Um, and you know there are there, there might be a lot of lurkers you know out there as well. Like we talk about, like we've talked about off air about stats and 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 viewerships yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But there's probably like heaps of like people that just listen to it and um and are, it's important to them, but they just don't you know they don't clock in yeah or whatever. So um yeah really cool. So anyway, went off a bit of a tangent there, but oh no no that's fine. Um. <laughs> Uh, but Sons of the Dragon. So, how did you how did you start it? Like, what were your who were your influences, and uh, what made you? What was the day when you said, "Yep, I'm going to start a podcast"? Well, similar to you. Um, well, not that that was my own influence. That would make any sense. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I the the big the bigger the guy who really helped me start it um, and everything uh, is uh, J. David Weeder. Ah, uh, yes. Plugged him on the show a couple of times yeah, he yeah, did a yeah. daredevil podcast mm-hmm. which i pretty much listened to all of until he started covering um the charles Sewell run ah. uh yes. 
because oh god, that's a can of worms right there. This is <laughs> this isn't Dave's fault. This is this is like the the Charles Saul run and what's happened with the right. Daredevil character. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so I listen to all of his podcasts and mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I wrote in a couple of times, just like you wrote in to me. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's very much the same story. And I listened, uh, um, to another more meta podcast that covered more mm. of everything called Trennis Magnus Punches Reality, oh. um, which is a great podcast. And that's where I learned I could just be really angry on the air and still <laughs> like have people not write me hate mail. So, um, as you can guess from the name, Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is probably a bit of a ranty show. But, uh, yeah, so I got in touch with Dave and I'm like, hey, how do I set up a podcast? And he helped me set it up and everything. Oh, wow. Um, he, he pointed me to like the MP3 recorder and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, I'm not in like he was contact with him right now or anything because mm-hmm. I'm sure his life's pretty busy and stuff. But, uh, yeah, so like I, I even got, I even stole his format. Um, oh, really? I told him I, st- I told him I stole his format. Yeah, so it's all. But uh, because I, I had no idea how to do a like a podcast about a character. Mm. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I want to do for Iron Fist what this guy has done for Daredevil. Yeah. It's an amazing Daredevil podcast. I want to do that for Iron Fist. I want to talk to people about Iron Fist as well. Yeah. Like that was one of the main reasons I started this podcast because I wanted to have conversations with other people who Absol- liked Iron Fist. Absolutely. Yeah. That's and. Uh, I don't know if you know the the Iron Fist page on Facebook. Uh, I have well, I haven't looked at it that much. No. Well, there's not not your Iron one. Fist. Sorry, I, I look at yours. Not if there's an official Iron <laughs> Fist one. I don't know. I, there, yeah. there, there's a big Iron Fist fan page on Facebook, and right. I was I still am a moderator there because I'll share my ah, podcast. But I used to be cool. very active on there under yeah. the uh, Bob Diamond pseudonym, uh, who's right. a minor Iron Fist character, <laughs> and. Uh, so that, 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 that also got me hungry. Um, yeah, sorry, Connor. Is that the one with the, um, the dude in the cosplay um, as a profile picture? Is that the Iron Fist group? Mm, I don't no. think so. Oh, okay. No. Right. Yeah, it, no. Has, it has like 15,000 likes or something at this point. Wow. Um, yeah, so that I was active on there to sort of try and fill that Iron Fist discussion mm-hmm. void, but then I ended up... Just like I was like, not enough people are responding to my trivia Tuesdays, so I want to start a podcast. Uh-huh. And, uh, and yeah, well, what, so was the, it, what was the year? Very similar to you. Yeah, what, what was the year that you started? Oh man, um, it was a while, wasn't it? Like you're up to seventy odd now. Yeah, we haven't. There's there's been a couple of periods where we've been on break for about a month or so. Yeah. Um, just because you know crap happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, let's, I'll just get up all the way back to, oh yeah, and through that Iron Fist, uh, page, that's where I got my co-host, I put out a call on ah, that page, so, ex- who wants the co-host, and Carl responded, and he sent me a horror podcast, oh. he did, and oh. I'm a big fan of horror myself, so. Uh, as in horror comics, or horror movie? Horror movies, but oh, like, okay. you know, horror movies from like the 70s and 80s, so ah, good ones. Cool. Um, yeah, no, that yeah. was um, yeah that way that was where I was heading towards next, I guess, about how you knew Carl and uh, and Rebecca. Um, but yeah, no, that's great. Was there a was there a screening process when when or did Carl come to so Carl came to you, right? Was there? Well, a, there did, was. Yeah, did you try to test him on his knowledge and? Oh no, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just uh... Uh, I was yeah I. I <laughs> 
I shouldn't even think of that. I guess I just assumed he'd be fine. Um, and he wow, was. Yeah. He's he's very knowledgeable. I love having Carl as a co-host. Uh, mm-hmm. He's very knowledgeable about certain things. Um, I'm he's... knowledgeable about certain. It's a great yeah. combo. Um, he's a serious collector as well, isn't he? Oh yeah, I yeah. think I I think he has all of the Iron Fist single wow. issues. Nice um, but yeah, no, because uh, there, there was there was a really nice. There was a really nice lady who wanted to co-host with me, mm-hmm. and she was a really awesome fan, but uh, she barely spoke English, so unfortunately, oh. Oh. it was never to be. <laughs> one, of, one of the challenges, <laughs> especially yeah. of a podcast, an audio podcast, so um, yeah, oh, that's a shame. Um, but about Rebecca, how did you come across Rebecca? Um, so, I can't, I, I believe... I'm sorry, Rebecca, if I get these details wrong, because it was Carl who recruited Rebecca. Mm. Um, because, and I'm, yeah, I mean, everyone knows who Rebecca is because she's on your show too. So, <laughs> oh yes, uh, the I think we stole I it think, from you. So, <laughs> yeah, she was uh, she was very active on our Facebook page, I believe. Yeah. Uh, because I don't manage the Facebook page that much. Mm-hmm. That's more Carl. And okay. now Rebecca, I, I do all like the Twitter and everything else. Um, so I think she was pretty active, and then she started posting on the page for us. Mm-hmm. You keep page active and stuff, and then I think one day Carl's like, "Oh yeah, let's have Rebecca on an episode with us." I'm like, "Yep, good idea." And yeah, just kept yeah, just yeah. since then. That, uh, yeah, that's great that um that you did come across Rebecca as well because uh, through different channels actually. Uh, uh, Connor and myself, uh, ITK Connor, had come across Rebecca through uh, just a general comic book um, Facebook group. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, she's, she was quite active. Um, she just knows her stuff, and she's just passionate about the stuff, which is mm. which is really, you know you're on a winner when you, when you engage with someone who really cares about what they read and cares about their characters, you know, not just for the Definitely. sake of, yeah. So uh, we were very lucky to, to bump into Rebecca and, and, you know, we keep in contact with her as well. And um, and I remember actually when she was telling me like, oh, hey, I've met these guys from from uh, doing a Nine Fist podcast and I might just um, drop in uh, every now and again. Oh, wow. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now she's a, uh, uh, she's a, you know, like a, a regular member, really, isn't she? In oh, yeah, no, no, she's, yeah. she's an official uh, host. <clears throat> yeah, so. yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's true, because, um, yeah, I remember the early days when she would, uh, you know, pop in when she could, and, and, uh, because uh, you, you and Carl, you know, in essence, started it, right? So, um, yeah, but, uh, it was, uh, it's good, it's good. It's, uh, yeah, really, really, Good comic book friend to have, I think Rebecca. So it's, um, I think we're both very lucky with that. Yeah, and and the the best thing is, I think all of us are, uh, Carl, Rebecca, and I are all very passionate about different aspects mm. of Iron Fist. Yeah, um, I love, I really love the ch- whenever they use Chinese mythology, I really love that. Yeah, fantastic. Because uh, I love you know stuff like Jane of the West mm. um, oh, and perfect. Along with along with Carl, uh, we both love like the mar- like we've both done martial arts, so we love the real martial art aspect mm-hmm. of the comics. Carl loves like Carl's very knowledgeable at, about comics from that era yeah. as well, and Rebecca's really into like the character of Danny Rand, yes, and stuff. Yeah. And she's very knowledgeable at like all the new Marvel stuff. So I think it's a really good uh, combination between all three of us. Yeah, it's a great mix, and you know we can fill in 
gaps that and, and we disagree on a lot but we don't kill each other so that's good too <laughs> well yeah um, what, I, what i do like is that dynamic that you have because you're right i mean you do you guys have lively conversation um on the podcast but you know it's never you know you might have your views you might have strong views um and you might both kind of lock horns but at the end of the day you're all iron fist fans and it's uh it's all for the better of it you know you, you kind of learn off each other so um yeah, that's... Uh, Carl's uh, mean to me. <laughs> oh, is he? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. I've, I've noticed listening to you guys, it's like a utopia over here compared to my podcast. You guys get along great. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Well, you know, I mean, as well, I mean, we try to take a leap as well. Like, when things are, are bad, like, you know, in a comic or whatever, we, we want to call it out as well. I mean, there's no mm. there's no point in sugarcoating everything, you know? So, um, oh, yeah. like, recently we did the Infinity War... Um, um, tie-ins of Moon Knight and there was one for Infinity Crusade which Connor and I you know both agreed was just oh, I don't know god awful you know um, <laughs> and and after rereading it um, you know years after having read it first it hasn't changed a bit you know it hasn't yeah hasn't matured over all this time so uh, yeah uh, you know we, we try try and do that but um, yeah it's a it's, it's a it's a good dynamic you have gone over at Sons of the Dragon Um I wanted also then to ask you, Connor, as well. I mean, having spoken about Sons of the Dragon, Iron Fist, and uh, mm-hmm. and your hosts as well, um, with with Moon Knight in particular, um, did he come across your path, or was there any interest uh, for Moon Knight through any particular era when you were collecting comics, or how did you first get into? Like, how did you first know about him? I guess uh, not necessarily get into him because um, you know it's. I'm not sure if you're a total fan or not, but um, yeah, what do you, what's your take on Moon Knight? I definitely like Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just uh, he's like in terms of reading about characters, he's just low on the pecking order for, for mm-hmm. me because there's um, like the next two guys on my list, are Silver Surfer, Ooh. and I've and I've got I've got a. Mm-hmm commit because i've read i've read like a lot of the fantastic four appearances and i adore silver surfer yeah but it's just a time thing yeah and the other one is uh hellblazer john constantine because i've been told by like everyone connor this is the perfect comic for you this is like everything you want in a comic so (laughs) really i've just oh yeah oh because i'm a big fan of like horror and especially like street level yeah like occult stuff. Yep. Um, I love the show Supernatural. I love X Files. Uh, so, and I, I, I love the show Constantine as well. Uh-huh. What, what do you think of the movie um, with Keanu Reeves? Well, I love Keanu Reeves. Mm. <laughs> uh, I do recognize that he's not. He is. He's a bit similar, but well, I mean, he's American for one. But I thought the movie <laughs> yeah. was a pretty good romp. And I loved it. I loved it actually. I ended up. Can we do it, spoilers yeah. for the movie here? Oh, for sure. How that's an old one. It's an old one, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, when he's ascending to heaven and he just gives like the devil the finger uh, yeah, as yeah. he's going up the tunnel of light. Like yeah. I lost it. That was fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. That was perfect. Yeah. 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 That no, was a good movie. Um, mm, I enjoyed it. I, it was one of the movies that really didn't do, I guess, that well in the box office. But it was one of the no. ones that my friends and I went out going. 
Hell yeah, that was awesome. Because I didn't know much about the comic, right? I didn't know the inconsistencies with his yeah. appearance or whatever. But similar to you, I love the occult kind of thing. I love the fact that mm. he he was prepared, you know, the, towards the beginning of the movie. He knows what to do, you know, with a, there's a possessed yeah. girl. I just love that kind of, um, that surety that, that he had. Yeah. And, uh, like, and yeah, and the angels and stuff. That's just, that's that's up the wheelhouse. That's like Ghost Rider kind of like. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, oh, yeah, and I'm also getting through Judge Dredd case files, which is another ah. <laughs> easy task. But um, and he, back to Moon Knight, though. So yep. uh, gosh, the short answer is, yeah, I think I think he's an interesting character. Mm-hmm. I just eat it's he seems like a very daunting character. He's to try and yeah, get he's, into. He's very the, the the good and the bad, I guess, about Moon Knight, and and we've had discussions with other loonies as well. Is that each time he's kind of redone in a new volume, like with a new creative team, he's done quite differently, or or or, mm. um, or they take one like aspect, like no pun intended, of Moon Knight, and they run with that. Um, and so you, you tend to get a very different Moon Knight each and every time, which is a good thing in the sense that it does flesh him out. But there's a, there are a lot of fans that would love that consistency. You know, would, would like to see him exactly like he was in the Houston run in 2006, this dark, grim and gritty character, and just see him kind of carried throughout, you know? There are others, oh, there are a lot of people that don't like the Bendis, which I, I know that you have a, a hate-hate relationship with Bendis, Connor. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, what he did to Iron Fist, at least, you know? It's exactly what he's Iron done to Fist, me. I hate Bendis, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... It's daunting in the sense that he keeps on getting changed, but at the, you can flip it and say that, well, you know, if you jump into, say, the, this latest uh, volume, Volume 9 with the Bemis run, you can kind of separate yourself from what was happening before. Like, you know a sense of him. As you mentioned as well, we had a discussion before, you, you kind of know the um, the crux of Moon Knight. You know the, the basic thing about him in multiple yeah. personalities and all that. Yeah, so you, you, you run with that, but, um, yeah, each volume is quite different, so... Uh, yeah, it can be daunting, I guess, is what I'm saying. But um, on the flip side, it can be refreshing each time you you kind of read him. Um, and you mentioned that Shadowland was the first. Yeah, bit, yeah. So the, you, the yeah, the, which is a similar Shadowland, I guess, is kind of a similar crossover to Damnation. Uh, instead of yes. yeah, Mephisto's realm popping up in Las Vegas, you know, Daredevil just like pops up a bunch of hand fortress buildings in the middle of uh, Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, and uh, it even had a, it even had like the one Ghost Rider issue, mm-hmm. and then he got totally owned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although yeah. he did, he didn't he didn't even do anything after that. He just got wrecked. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, so I read the Moon Knight time for that. That was like my first time. I think I properly even read the character. Right, and I was just like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like the yeah he had he had like three different personalities if i recall he had this mansion and he was in egypt or something Uh uh-huh and obviously like there was the conchu thing like okay he's a high priest of conchu but it didn't even really like it didn't really tie into shadowland i think it was tying up a plot thread that he'd had he was like facing an old nemesis or something so i was pretty in the dark when i read that yeah, um, it was kind of standalone, wasn't it? Similar to how some of the tie-ins, like Scarlet Spider and, and Iron Fist, were for Damnation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, I felt like it was bringing back this old Moon Knight character, and they were facing off. And I, you know, I read it. I just wasn't. I just didn't really know what was going on. And um, <laughs> yeah. my other experience for Moon Knight was in the Marvel Knights run, uh, oh, which yes. had 
Daredevil and Black Widow um, with their hilarious post-breakup interactions. Uh, and uh, Moon Knight, Shang-Chi, and I believe Luke Cage on the team. But mm-hmm. the most memorable story from that, besides the cockroach homeless people, is... Uh, <laughs> I mean, you might have read it, because you, you read all the Moon Knight stuff, right? They mm-hmm. got transported to this different plane of existence and Daredevil was actually blind there so Black Widow had to lead him ah, okay through it yeah there's a, oh, there's a long like it was a long time ago <laughs> mm. um, but Moon Knight was there with a rocket launcher or something um, awesome <laughs> was, typical <laughs> yeah doing his own thing or something I don't know but yeah, uh yeah, yeah so that, that's my Moon Knight exposure really yeah um, right okay and uh has it has it kind of um, piqued any any more interest to, to experiment or are you curi- curious about, like, say, the Lemire run or maybe the Warren Ellis run? Well, I mean, obviously Warren Ellis is considered... Mm. Well, he's Warren Ellis. Like, he's considered a really... Yeah. He's definitely a staple of, uh, like, the good comic book writers. So, I mean, your podcast has, uh, I guess, piqued an interest in some uh-huh. Moon Knight stuff just because I feel guilty. About, <laughs> 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 um, yeah. like, not really knowing much about Moon Knight and stuff and, like, doing this crossover and stuff. And yeah, yeah. Like, and you know, oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's totally fine. So, I mean, I'm lucky as well because I, I do follow Iron Fist anyway. Like, I've been loving the Brisson run, and uh, I've been I've been getting the floppies for for that. And yeah. I've got the uh, Iron Fists, you know, the digital one. That was that was a lot of fun. Quite different, but a lot of fun as well. Um, but yeah, maybe I can. Um, yeah, maybe I can recommend a few issues on um, your way. I guess um, you've been. Very, yeah, no, g- yeah. give me like a mini or something, or yeah. like, uh, I'm happy to read it. I've got uh, I've got one, um, and we've covered it already on the show. It's a one shot, right? And it's by um, Mike Benson, and it's pencils by Mike Diodato Jr. Um, yep, and it's a one shot. I think you'll love it. I love it. I still can't get over it. It's uh, issue twenty, I think, of volume five which um, started off as a Houston run, so about 2006-2007. It's a one-shot where he fights his old nemesis, um, Jack Russell, the werewolf. So um, it's... Pretty... Hey, he popped up in uh, Ghost Rider. Uh, did he? Oh, Jack Russell? Yeah. Did he? 70s Ghost Rider run, Johnny Blaze. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, I, I thought you meant the Damnation one-shot of Johnny Blaze. I thought, no. Okay. No, 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 yeah, like yeah. back in the 70s. Yeah, I, yeah. I just remember because his name was Jack Russell, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's a pretty on-the-nose kind of name. But it's an yeah. awesome issue. Okay, I'll, I'm going to have to recommend you that and um, and a, a couple of others as well. Um, yeah, no, sure. Excellent. And, and actually speaking of that, because you have been recommending some awesome, I must say, some awesome characters i.e. one superman yeah to, to me um uh just loonies just to let you know as well um uh yeah yeah I've, I've just been talking to connor about um some ideas and and i have not being a dc person i think some loonies will probably know which is a shame it's not like i, I hate dc it's just that i've never had the time to get around to it um yeah. I've, I've tried with Ragman, which came out i think this year because it was kind of like moon Knight. i thought okay well this will be pretty cool and I've tried a few times with Batman, which has been good. It's been great, but it hasn't really kind of stuck with me. Um, so I, I've been speaking with Connor, and uh, he's, you know, he uh, has recommended to me a, a bit of Superman. And and Connor, you know, as obviously you know, <laughs> you've been recommending me particular series as a Superman. 
And yeah. uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think I think this is um, pretty pretty good. You know, uh, maybe it is a nice change from Moon Knight, the street level stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, where I'm going with this, I guess, is that Connor, you have other interests other than Iron Fist, of course. Um, Superman being a big one of them. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, biggest, <laughs> the biggest one. Yes. So yeah. if you if you had your so you had your three three choices, right? So would mm-hmm. it be Superman, Iron Fist, Silver Surfer, Constantine? Is that how you rank them? Uh, or are there the, others in there? Like my top three comic book characters? Yeah. Oh, I say let's say top five. What would okay, top cool. Five top be? five, I can do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, barely. All right. Well, so. No, no offense to Iron Fist, but Superman is number one. Mm-hmm. Oh, which is uh, fair because enough. Because yeah. he can work in any genre, mm-hmm. uh, any style of writing. So, yeah, I won't go into it. But, yeah, Superman's one. Yeah, Iron Fist would probably be... like The rest are pretty interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. But you were about to say Iron Fist then, weren't you? So Yeah, I was about to say Daredevil, but then the, the Charles Saul run reared its ugly head at me, so oh, but I was like, like the oh. rich history of Daredevil though. There's more than just Saul, you know? I know, I, I know where you're coming from. Because I'd yeah, yeah. <laughs> love... gotten rid of it. That's why I'm so yeah. pissed off. Um, yeah, yeah. Um uh, but like Iron Fist, Daredevil, uh Johnny Blaze, even though I haven't read even though like uh I've all the ghost I've read is like the full Johnny Blaze original run, Johnny which Blaze. is like Johnny Blaze issues, makes it in the there. Okay, so he's in there, yeah. Um, Hellboy, definitely Hellboy. Hellboy. So how how many? Well, that's five, isn't it? Have we got five? Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. So so Silver Surfer, Constantine have been pushed pushed on the outer. Well, I mean, I can't rank Constantine as a favorite because I haven't read any of his stuff. Ah. Uh, okay. Uh, but everyone keeps telling me he's like the perfect thing I should read. So. Um, but oh yeah, and Punisher used to be always in the top five. But, oh yeah, uh, I would have thought maybe you were a Punisher fan. Yeah, yeah, big big Punisher fan. Used to be huge Punisher fan. Still a big Punisher fan, but uh, he's just been edged out unfortunately by these other guys. Yeah, right. Uh, oh, that's a pretty... and Judge Dredd too. He's there. Yeah. yeah, Judge Dredd. Is that um has that come about recently, or is that from the movie, or or um have you been following him for a while? That's interesting. An interesting one. Was... Combination of the Carl Urban movie yeah, and Carl himself. <laughs> so, didn't even. <laughs> well, maybe Carl is Carl Urban. We don't know. So, there is a picture of him wearing the Carl Urban dread helmet. He's got a pretty good scowl going on. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, so I've been reading Judge Dredd, and I've always, uh, I think, I read a story about like a mutant or something, and it was Steve Dillon doing the artwork. And Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. I just love the style of Judge Dredd. Uh, and yeah, it's, it, that, that's also in my bag. Um, yeah, nice. I guess, yeah, I guess most of my guys are street level really, but yeah, it's I, interesting, isn't it? I think, I mean, from the sounds of it, it sounds similar. Like you sound very similar to myself, like very street level, but every now and again pops uh, your Superman or your Silver Surfer, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. it's the other spec, other end of the spectrum. Which is is really interesting, um, and and like we mentioned, like I mentioned earlier, um, when I was younger, uh, what got me going was was you know creating characters that were super powered, you know. Um, so yeah. I don't know, maybe we're both kind of like that. Whether it's either a nice, subtle street level grittiness, or or your kind of 
overpowered. Um, because I mean, like my if I look at mine, I don't know what oh, top. Okay, top five. Top five would be um, you know your Moon Knight would. Oh, I wouldn't put this in an order. I don't know. I can't. I can't uh, disseminate. But you got watch your, out, loonies. Get ready to turn on him. <laughs> you have your Moon Knight. You have uh, you have your Daredevil. I do like um, Namor. Namor. Um, the Submariner. Yeah. I think because just because he's such an asshole and oh yeah, he's why not? Classic. You know why not be an <laughs> asshole? It's like it's a, it's not your typical superhero. So awesome. I think that's great. And the more he's the more of an asshole he is, the better. I think is is fantastic. <laughs> uh, then Madrox, the Multiple Man, um, would be good. Yep. Uh, love his stuff. Uh, and well, I was going to say, uh, uh, well, not really that big superpower, but Hercules is a really uh, Rebecca and I really did bonded, really did bond over over Hercules. Um, okay. The later series, and I just I love my similar to you with the Chinese mythology. I I do love the Greek mythology, so I don't know why. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know why I don't like. I didn't like Wonder Woman any any earlier, but um, yeah, I do love the Norse mythology with Thor and stuff. But my bag's always been the Greek mythology, and um, and Hercules is is really cool. I you know, there's a whole discussion there as to how he's been portrayed. You know, as you, you're basically just you're drunk, you're drunk. Yeah. But um, but recently he had a good run with uh, with Dan Abnett. So uh, okay. Yeah. So Hercules is is pretty cool. Um. Yeah. So oh, actually, and what I forgot to mention, and I think I'm surprised none of us mentioned it. Shang Chi. Dude, I do love Shang Chi. Um. Are you a yeah. big fan? Have you collected <laughs> Masters of Kung Fu or anything like that? Not really. No. I like Bruce Lee, if that yeah. counts. Cause, you know, well, see, um... that's what I. Yeah, that's what I thought. Maybe there's a connection there. Like you know, um, if as you mentioned, you know, with your martial arts training and Iron Fist, um, was was Shang Chi ever on the radar? But uh, and he's pop, uh... he's popped up in Iron Fist, hasn't he? So he has. I got. Yeah, I just never gravitated towards Shang Chi. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't. No, who would yeah. who would win? Who would win? I mean, I'll probably just Dan Iron Link. Fist. Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> um, because uh, uh, um, you know, uh, in terms, like, honestly though, in terms of their like martial skills, yeah. I think they're pretty much on the same level. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like, if Iron Fist has like his powers, he just like yeah, he just should he should really be able to just wipe the floor with him. Yeah. Um, so with the yeah with the Iron Fist and the Chi, that's the little. The little um, advantage he has, I guess. Yeah, you're right. So if he had none yeah, of that, then he'd be the probably be equal, right? Yeah, yeah. and like, um, yeah. I mean, like Iron, Iron Fist has grown a lot as a martial artist. Like, yeah. uh, he used to be equal with Daredevil. What's about to now say Daredevil? Can... Isn't isn't Daredevil pretty good as well? Yeah, but now Iron Fist can mimic Daredevil's fighting style Ooh. and still keep up with him. Right. <laughs> Awesome. Like, uh, without using his powers, so... Okay, well then, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive then. Jeez. Yeah. Um, not not say Daredevil's not impressive. I mean, hell, no. Daredevil is, uh, you know, he's up there with Iron Fist for me. Yeah, yeah. Because I always thought Iron Fist, Daredevil, and I thought Shang-Chi. I think you're looking at your, your fighters there. I did, you know, because I did put Wolverine in there as well. Um, different style. I guess it's not martial artist, but... He's meant to be quite proficient in all sort of. See, I, I, I stopped. One of the reasons I stopped kind of liking Wolverine is because they made him just good at everything. Mm, mm. Um, like he, he stopped being like a berserker. Wolverine, he like became this, you know, all this samurai and yeah. the, the, the one of my 
favorite classic Bender's moments uh, <laughs> was when Iron Fist and Wolverine had a sparring match, and Wolverine just kicked the crap out of him. Oh, and I'm just like, wow, Bendis, and like he just he just jerked off Wolverine that whole run, like man, <laughs> um, he loved Wolverine, <laughs> yeah, he, uh... and he just he just kept shafting Iron Fist in really hilarious ways throughout that whole New Avengers run. So I wonder if he had something against Iron Fist. I mean, he seems to be pretty well, anti Iron Fist. Apparently, his Defenders run with Iron Fist was good, but the I didn't one? read it. Um, the recent one, yeah. It was okay. It wasn't like, I mean, it's typical Bendis. It's so like nothing happened really. <laughs> Everyone talks like a teenager and yeah. answer the question mark. <laughs> Everything just yeah. There there was some like um. There were a whole string of little one sceners between people with you know quippy dialogue and yeah yeah. He used really... to be good. Oh, his Daredevil was fantastic. That that's yeah. Kind of, I adore was... his Daredevil. It's fantastic. Oh, absolutely. That was and I haven't. I haven't read Alias actually, but I hear that's really good as well. Like the original, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, I've read all of his uh, Jessica Jones stuff before, like the really recent stuff. Anyway, um, yeah. I mean, well, I collected the recent stuff, and uh, it was okay. It wasn't. It was, it was a bit more of Bendis, you know what I mean? So, I think Alias was good because it was a very case of the week type of thing. Mm, okay. Um, you know, it was cool. very. Yeah. She go to like a small town, and there's like a missing person. She has to track them down, which yeah. is what I was really hoping the show would be like, but <laughs> right. didn't really get that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a that's a shame. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, having said all that, now I wanted to then just um, point the listeners towards what I did. Our fair loony listeners is that I asked Connor as well. I know it's a big, as a weighted question as well. I asked him, <laughs> Connor, if uh, you know you come on the show, it'd be really cool to have a chat. We can you know shoot the breeze about stuff. Um, but yeah, you know since we have nothing on Moon Knight per se, uh, why don't we talk about what has been your, what has been your, what has been the issue for you like out of collecting comics and reading comics? What has mm-hmm. been the issue that has been most impactful towards you? And Connor, you you came up with a bit of a bit of a hurdle here. I mean, it is a big yeah. it is a big <laughs> question. So, um, you know, but why not? Make make you squirm? Why not? <laughs> um, yeah, I was uh, taking a jackhammer to that hurdle, trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so we um so you have actually you've whittled it down to four books, right? So mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. And I thought, okay, well, in, instead of torturing Connor any further, uh, why not? Let let's just. Let's just um, highlight these four books. And what I want to do is actually uh, let's kind of go through. We'll whittle it down even further to two books. Um, so, and, and we'll go in depth with two. But um, before we go into that, let's um, let's look at the um, the four books that you have mentioned, Connor. So I'm just going to. So these yep. are these are issues that um, either I don't know mean a lot for a particular reason, or um, or have stayed. Like within your memory for you know for any yeah, reason I guess because those mo like I've had those moments for me where comics have actually pointed out you know epiphanies about myself mm-hmm. and stuff but they've usually happened in uh, like six to twelve issue stories mm-hmm. so ah, a single arc, yes. issue like a single standalone issue was a bit of a challenge so these ended up yeah yeah I think which the the way I was like I guess. 
when I was thinking about this question and about what issues I just really love, like yeah. these are four that just came to my head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that I'm like, yeah, that's how I chose them because I'm like, well, well, that's they it. Came that's to a... my head first, right? Yeah, so, that's the best filter. Yeah, that's great. Well, actually, before that, and and don't want to throw a spanner in the works here, Connor, but um, yeah. just shooting off arcs wise, like you mentioned. So what arcs then? If you know, if Ooh, we were to look at the arcs, right. like <laughs> what arcs were really good for you? Like, um, okay, so. Oh, God, probably the biggest one was All-Star Superman. Okay, right. A lot of people say that book has either saved their life or changed their life, and that that's like that's a case where I believe that it's just not an exaggeration whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, that book is just so many things on so many levels, and they, that I, yeah, I read that book, and it was just... It just blew me away, and... Every time I read it, I pick up something new. I mean, wow. for God, like this is this is for a bit of background. All Star Superman is written by Grant Morrison, ah. who I consider to be the best Superman writer. Mm-hmm. And he, there is like a ten-page interview with him about this book, which is fascinating. And awesome. I won't even try and explain the book too much or its themes because I'll just won't do it any justice. <laughs> um, but but so- like. Uh, Circa, what what year are we looking at around around roughly? This was this was actually what Immortal Iron Fist lost to for the Eisner Award. Oh <laughs> so, wow! Okay, yeah, um, two thousand five, I believe, two thousand five, oh. two thousand six. Wow. Um. Okay. Yeah. So just just yeah, trying I mean, to yeah just trying to gauge the 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 writing style and and the art style, you know, just with the era. So yeah, it's it's modern. Yeah. 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 Yeah, cool. Quite recent. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that 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 was great. I mean, the premise is essentially Superman got a bit too much sunburn, and now he's dying. So what? He really? Just, yeah. So he has to. There's sort of goes through. It just really goes into his character, like his past, and uh-huh. you know, think it's very. It's a very big Silver Age tribute. It has. It's very wacky. It has Bizarro and stuff, and like Bizarro is like a metaphor for his depression about oh. his dad. And it's just a really good book. Um, I won't go on about it anymore. I will say you should read it though. Mm. Everyone should read it. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm the... uh, yeah, I'm putting some notes here as well. Actually, I want to add these to the show notes. So, um, so that's good. That's cool. Yeah, All Star Superman. Yeah, yeah. We won't dwell on it, but it sounds pretty cool. Um. And yeah. I'll definitely have some info on our show notes for you loonies to check out if you're keen on. Uh, any other um, any other arcs, massive arcs um, that you... So, I guess the, there's the, yeah, Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Daredevil Born Again um, uh, is probably yeah. a pretty common one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess it's probably the least impactful one, but it why did, was just... Why was, a... it, why was it good for you? Like, what, what made it special for you? Just... I mean, I guess it's what made it special for everyone. It's someone who has just been beaten down to yeah. their lowest possible point in life, mm-hmm. and they just get back up, yeah, and yeah. you know, keep going. And it and it's not in the way you expect either. It's it's not just a classic revenge story. It's actually quite good, and it's quite a deep book as well. Um, and I mean, like Daredevil's always been like he's always been struggling with his depression and stuff. And I think Born Again right. yes. really encapsulates uh, his. It's his best complete mental breakdown. That's yeah. for sure. Oh, um, it's a ripper and, for sure. Yeah, it's a it's a classic. And uh, I guess 
the other Daredevil... Yeah, the other one's Guardian Devil, actually, by Kevin Smith. Oh, yeah, you like that one? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, I know that one's controversial. Uh-huh. Um, but there was... He... There was parts of the end, and he had, like, talks with Spider-Man and Black Widow. Yeah. And they just pointed out some personality flaws that I wasn't really aware I had. Oh, okay. Uh, It's unfortunate to say I do have a fair bit in common with Daredevil. Mm -hmm. Um, So it pointed, and it helped me improve my life for the better Mm. as well. Um, That's fantastic. Of course, that history has been erased now. Thank Mm. you, Charles Saul. Yeah, Yeah. Charles Saul, yeah. Okay, uh, well, that's good. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, any other ones or... Probably, probably just a lot of like the Joe Kelly Deadpool ah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, very went into actually pretty similar stuff that Daredevil did with uh, his negative personality traits, kind of ruining his life mm-hmm. in a very realistic, uncomfortable way. But I guess Daredevil kind of ended like they ended on high notes. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool just kept going down the spiral, <laughs> but um, it was it. I, I can't not say that. Uh, Deadpool wasn't like an impactful read for me, you know. Yeah. Same, and as I mentioned before, the Stanley Dicto Spider Man. Ah, uh, yeah. Stuff, yeah. Sorry, that was that was a long that was a long answer, but no, I no. tried to make it short. Um, no, that's good. That um, no, that's uh, so I'm just writing that down, Spider Man. That's uh, no, really cool. Uh, and they're good recommendations for any loonies out there listening and wanting a. A little break from Mooney, or wanting to some read some really good things. Like I'm sure a lot of Mooney's um, are fans of Daredevil as well. There, there, there yeah. seems to be quite an kinship with with um, the two. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and oh, you can't go past um, Deadpool, Joe Kelly, pretty cool. Uh, and then for something, <laughs> stuff. yeah, and a bit more of a classic flavor, Stan Lee, Steve Ditko as well. But what's yeah. enticed me, Connor, as well, and and still continuing on the Superman bandwagon. I'm, uh, I'm gonna mm-hmm. have to check out All Star Superman, so <laughs> that's, uh, that's yeah. pretty cool. I uh, and and it won an Eisner, so um, I think Jeff Lemire won the Eisner this year, didn't he? Uh, I think that was announced a couple of days ago. Don't know actually. Okay, yeah, um, I haven't been keeping track this um, year. Oh, I think um, I think I saw something on Twitter. Unless I've misread something, I'm gonna put my neck out and say that I think he won it. So uh, yeah, well done, Jeff Lemire. If I'm wrong, then yeah. I'll edit this out. <laughs> I feel like I should point out with All Star Superman, it's a very specific style of Superman. It's the very oh, the disclaimers coming. <laughs> well, it's 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 the very campy, okay, sort of Superman. It's it's not the story isn't campy itself. The setting is kind of campy. Or like if you're wanting like yeah. the realistic Superman, like or something, you know, it's just oh, it's look- a difficult book to recommend. Because if if they're already a Superman, it's fine. But for a newcomer, sometimes they it gets them into Superman, and sometimes they're like, I don't see what the fuss is about. So yeah, just just that disclaimer there. Okay, Um, no no worries. But I I take on board um, what you said earlier on about Superman about how he can fit every genre, and um, and certainly the ones that you've recommended me that I've read so far tend to span different genres and I've had no problem like with um with not campy Superman because I haven't come across him yet but um but say we'll get to it but uh, a very uh, like a serious and more uh, reality based Superman mm. the other one I read was uh, more of the uh, it was in the 80s right early 80s so there was a level yeah, of late 80s late 80s a level of um you know of, of 
I guess, comic books of the time then. So, yeah, no, it's yeah. A, it's all fine. Um, yeah, so w- with those arcs uh, mentioned, so we'll, we'll whittle it down to four books now. And what Connor has, has put up as four, um, let's start with... Uh, I'm just looking through our, our chat, actually. <laughs> let's start you know, with... This is, this is bad because I'm the Iron Fist podcast guy and none of the arcs or books I chose are Iron oh, Fist. So. No, but that's, that's fine. I mean, like, you know, as you mentioned as well, with the amount of comics out there, and yeah. the amount of their available for Iron Fist, like, what are the chances, really? I mean, and, and you are, you know, you're not a one-eyed tiger as well. You know, you, you're a, a comic collector, comic reader in general. So it's absolutely acceptable and, you know, um, I think it's fine. Um, let's start off with the one that wasn't the most recent one that I had here on the list. Um, the Man Who Has Everything. So that was a mm-hmm. Superman annual, right? So you that yes. was one of your main books, and that was the one that you recommended, one of the first ones you recommended to me. Um, a pretty good book. That was the late 80s book that you mentioned. Um, any, yep. What was the main reason for this being? And you've mentioned you've got a CGC... Uh, yeah, 9.6. 9.6 of this actual issue. Uh, take, yeah. us, take us through this issue, Connor. What was, uh, what was it about? Well... Um, off the top of my head. Well, actually, it's a... <laughs> well, just roughly, oh, you know, just, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. So basically, um, it's Superman's birthday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Batman and Wonder Woman and uh, Robin, who was Jason Todd at yeah. the time. Yeah, that's the only thing yeah. I kept on thinking about. It's going, oh, shit, this guy's going <laughs> to... He's going to go isn't? crazy at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's Superman's birthday. What the hell do we get him? And um, yeah. uh, I remember... Uh, actually, I thought it was pretty funny because Batman gets him a flower. But yeah, that's right, a um, Krypton, in, Krypton flower or something. Yeah, but yeah. in the when they adapted it in a cartoon, they had Batman give him a check and Wonder Woman give Superman the flower. Ah, right. It's funny. Yes. It's like we all know Batman and Superman are gay for each other. So. <laughs> <laughs> how, why else do they squabble so much? Um, <laughs> like a married couple. But, so, uh, yeah, they, they go up to his fortress soldier and they go and he's got this weird, fugly plant on his chest. Yeah. And terrible. it's kind of the classic, uh, you know, it's a, it's a classic thing where you're put into, he's been put into his ideal sort mm. of reality. Yes. So, it, fe- it feeds like, off his pleasure centers or something like that. Right? Yeah. It yeah. pretty much gives him what he wants yeah. and it shows him what he wants and what he wants, he has a family on Krypton. Mm. Um, but an interesting twist, this is a Krypton that didn't blow up. Mm. So his dad, who pre- Jor-El predicted, you know, Krypton's going to blow up. Well, it didn't blow up, and he's been sort of ostracized mm-hmm. by a Krypton, and he's kind of gone crazy and sort of started this weird cult. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 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 not it's not an ideal... Uh, it's not an ideal, you know wish thing which you're wondering why but it turns out that that is superman's subconscious trying to tell him yeah that you know hey you got to wake up because mm-hmm. you know it's bad stuff going on so and it turns out this giant grapefruit dude um who was not <laughs> thanos uh a guy called <laughs> mongol who tangled with superman a few times very powerful guy okay so he's uh, a regular he... right is he like he's yeah yeah okay he was created by len wayne oh um, cool yeah and so he he's the guy who gave Superman the plant and put her on his chest. And uh, so Wonder Woman tries to hold him off, and Batman kind of comically tries to get 
You'll play an off Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, to no success. Eventually, uh, Superman breaks out of it because he realizes that the vision he is in is not real. But in order to break out of it, he pretty much just has to let his son go and let go of this ideal future. That was a very heavy scene there. Yes, his son literally turning to sand. Yeah, well, just kept on asking him questions, like, you know, what's going on? And it's like, it's heartbreaking, you know, that... And and he says the line, like, you know, I don't think you're real. (laughs) He's saying that to his 10-year-old son. And suffice to say, Superman wakes up and he is extremely angry. Uh, He goes completely berserk, probably for the first time. Mm. Like, uh, he just... He is, like, actually ready to just full-on kill this dude. Um, So he takes off, and he has this massive fight with a Mongol throughout the fortress. And then Batman gets the plant on his chest. Now, we can all guess what Batman's (laughs) wish is. Yes. Um, That was predictable, I must say. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, you know, it it worked. And Batman's Mm -hmm. parents never got shot, and he, you know, ends up living pretty comfortably. I don't think anything went wrong in his vision did it no no it didn't i don't think so no they um it, it got a bit uh, ambiguous there so they they tore off their that plant yeah but uh, superman ends up gaining the upper hand but then he sees a statue of his parents and he decides not to yeah. kill the grapefruit yeah. but then the grapefruit's <laughs> like hey screw you buddy and uh, he overpowers superman but jason todd comes to the rescue yes and drops the plant on mongol himself yeah and, and yet, yeah, yeah, that, that those great pages of like what Mongol wants, and he's just conquered everything. There's heads on spikes. Uh, absolutely a... dark, isn't it? It's absolutely just. It was as fun. It was funny because it's like this is his fantasy, but yeah. what his fantasy is is just purely just dark. It was like what is cool. wrong with this dude? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was pretty cool actually. It actually, and it, for me, that took a. It kind of turned the tone a little there, um, and I was going, "Oh, okay, shit! I'm glad that this guy didn't win." <laughs> because yeah, no, um, was, um, and yeah. there's a there's a rumor that uh, because this is written by Alan Moore mm-hmm. and illustrated by Dave yes. Gibbons, and they're the guys who did Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a rumor that you can see their heads on pikes, but I've never been able to spot ah, it. Oh, really? Uh, and um, when I met Dave Gibbons, I didn't ask him. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the, the totally common question. You know, is your head on a spike? That would have been yeah, no, cool. definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much the end. Though Superman gets his gifts, yeah, and he kind of is a bit melancholy. And then you see, yeah, uh, yeah, Mongols' ideal, ideal reality, yeah. and the issue just ends there. <laughs> it, was, it was it was really good ending actually, and I really did enjoy this. Um, and what I found, yeah, obviously quite powerful um was a digging up all this stuff from superman's um I guess yeah. subconscious and that was the main crux of it and it was just and and so you feel for him you feel how angry he is when when he kind of realizes that he's been kind of played you know in in, in finger quotes in that sense um but yeah what made this so what what made this uh important to you this issue um well i guess uh... I mean, I, I never thought Superman was a boring character or anything, mm-hmm. but I guess this is probably one of the first issues I read where it really got into his head yeah. and kind of what he wants. And just, it just, there was a lot of iconic, powerful moments in that comic. And, 
Yeah, and like it was just, I was just very. I remember first time I read, it, I was completely taken aback by how angry he gets. Yes. And okay. Just yeah. absolutely wails on this guy, and yeah, yeah. yeah, just just seeing like going into Superman's personality, but going into his personality is like it's not why he's helping people. It's you know what he feels he doesn't have in his life. Yeah. And you just, I guess it's kind of, I don't know if I call it a flaw, but yeah, he just seemed like a very lonely. Uh, sort of person and yeah i just thought it was i just thought it was a i don't i don't know if it impacted me but it was just such a good comic like, right, yeah yeah right i mean like the way that uh, you, the way that you sold it to me was um you know i'm saying this in a good way as well like you know um i think you said to me you know if you want an issue where superman loses his shit you know <laughs> and then, yeah. like if you want to see him go go troppo then this is the one um but you know but it is so much more than just that really and as you say it's a lot yeah. about looking into superman's um uh you know his unconscious desires and, and you know his dreams and in a way it's his vulnerability like you see where he's kind of exposed of what he really exactly wanted. yeah and and with and that it was so impactful yeah I thought and that's always been his weakness mm. is like his ties you know for Lois Lane for instance mm. like his weakness is always like the people he cares for um, and yeah so. I mean, you look at you look at any like top ten Superman stories list, and that's always going to be like in the top three. So yeah, yeah. But they are actually well, since you wrote, I, I'll probably link you after the show if you want. They did a do you remember the Justice League cartoon? Yeah, uh, I, I never watched it. I know of it. Yeah. Well, they did an episode. That's oh, they, uh, yeah, story. I'd like to see it. Is, um, is it? Is it? I mean, apart from Batman, Wonder Woman swapping gifts, is it pretty accurate? Or yeah, nowhere yeah. near as good. Yeah. Um I I don't think the Superman voice actor quite has the gravitas to pull it off but um <laughs> and it's and it's got some it, it, it's a fun watch. There's no Jason yeah. Todd. Um Okay. Well, who puts who puts the thing at the end then? Like, who puts I, the, Pretty the sure it's Wonder Woman. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a I, I know it's uh, Alan Moore's gone on the record saying it's the only adaptation he likes of his work. Oh, okay. Well, that's something. I mean, yeah. like, he's very picky. He's a very particular man, isn't he? So yeah, it, it's definitely the kidified version. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, you don't you don't see heads on pikes or anything. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah, with animation, I always take that with a grain of salt. Like you know, because I'm not even half, you know, half keen to to see animated stuff because I know it is tailored towards the the younger audience. But um, I'll be definitely yeah. keen for for um for this one. That would be good. Be cool. Yeah, it's on YouTube, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, check it out. Um, yeah. The other one, uh, mm-hmm. which got an honourable mention, I guess. Um, yeah, was Action Comics 2011 issue zero. So this was like actually the first half of the issue, right? Because there was a, a two stories yeah. in this. Um, yeah, so this is quite different, a quite different Superman. And actually, I read this last out of all your recommendations. Um, oh, okay. Would have been strange. <laughs> it's very strange. Um, and I noticed Grant Morrison, Ben Oliver um, on, on story and art. Um, but, yeah, so this – and I do know a little bit about how they wanted to rework all the DC characters. So this is a very yeah. edgier, realistic Superman. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And a younger Superman, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, well, it's not so much they were making him edgy and realistic like that. Uh-huh. That is essentially the golden age Superman you're seeing. Like okay. the Superman from the 30s and 40s, that was his power level. Um, right. You know, like he got, uh, well, okay, maybe maybe the golden age Superman wouldn't have gotten just like KO'd by a mortar for like an hour, uh-huh. but. <laughs> yeah, because he did get, he did get um, a bit, yeah, he, he, well, that's it. Towards the end, he, 
yeah, that was... Um, yeah. His power set's obviously not as yeah, big. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was a bit... Yeah, so the, the Golden Age Superman was very... Uh, he was a lot more hands-on. Uh, he'd punch people. He'd kill people sometimes. Um, and he just jumped around. He didn't have, you know, mm-hmm. flying or any of that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I guess... I mean, the Golden Age Superman was definitely edgier than, yeah. you know, current family man Superman. And, and is this why you kind of like Action Zero because of, it, of its connection with the Golden Age in a way? Yeah, like a modern I believe, version of it. Yeah, yeah. I, it's honestly, I think the Superman that appears in Action Comics Zero is probably my favorite iteration of the character. Okay, um, he's in which jeans. Might be, <laughs> hmm? He's in jeans. Right? Yeah, yeah, I love it. I was talking yeah, to Rebecca the other day how much we love the jeans and t-shirt costume. Yeah, right. And I love the fact that he's ordering, like, 200 T-shirts. Yeah, yeah, that's so strange. The star, because they always get torn up. But uh, I just thought it was a really nice little story. Mm-hmm. And it was it was kind of like one of those day-in-the-life stories. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this is probably something he does every day. Yeah. Um, But it just came to my head. Like, uh, yeah. it was really nice. Yeah, there were very much a lot of domestic um, just activities, like him and Jimmy. Is it Jimmy? Jimmy Olsen? Yeah, um, Jimmy Olsen. Just... Uh, just playing video games um and and just talking which is you know it's not just um waffle as well it's actually quite engaging um conversation as well yeah so that that really does um add a level of of reality to it you know barring the fact that he can obviously shoot um he's bulletproof and he can shoot (laughs) x-rays but yeah no it was uh it was an interesting one i thought that was good um and anyway out of the four so those two were honorable mentions um let's go to oh we've got two more to go to um and the first yeah yeah i think so oh we do right right yeah yeah, yeah. oh for sure for sure oh now we're on the real ones right now we're on the real ones so okay so i mean they obviously made an impact to you connor those two but these other two i mean actually all four i i I basically picked these two for you um from your from your pool yeah you told me to pick uh these so and these were ones which i i read as well um you know just just before we we went on air, and I thought was were pretty impressive. So um, before we get into that, Connor, I think maybe um, we might as well you know get into the into the moment, into the right place. Um, the first one is is Daredevil um, issue mm-hmm. three hundred and four. Now instead of talking about it here in this dingy, musty Grant Mansion, um, I think we probably should. Should head over to New York to um to talk about this. Get a you know get a sense of what Daredevil's feeling, right? <laughs> so, cool. uh, so come, can we come, get? Yeah, sorry. Are we are we traveling to like nineties New York or modern yeah. day New York? No, no, because I don't want to get mugged. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. We'll be high up on the rooftops as as Daredevil is. Uh, we can oh, okay. per- we can perch ourselves on a gargoyle. Um, or, or, you know, or two or whatever's up there. I don't know what's, what's up there now. Um, but yeah, yeah, just, uh, yeah, just follow me this way. So as, uh, as you can see, Connor, as we're kind of walking out of Grant Mansion there, we have, uh, you know, just a few hundred rooms here for Stephen Grant. Uh, there's the, the, oh. trof- the trophy room there with all his stuff there with his, uh, Conchu statue. Um, over there we've got the kitchen. Hello, Samuels. How Rise are you? And shine. Yes, thank you. And, uh, oh, over there, um, with the squeaky velvet, we have, uh, Mark's bedroom and his, uh, jacuzzi. And, uh, oh. Hi, Marlene. There's Marlene. Hello. Excellent. Okay, um, let's uh, let's head into uh, <laughs> head into the mooncopter. 
Are you all uh, buckled in there, Connor? Do you know how to fly? Uh, I don't know. I've seen a lot of movies. I've seen a lot of Die Hard. How hard can it be, right? So <laughs> let's give yeah. this a go. What if he is... can do it, then we're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Where's Frenchie where you need him? Okay, let's go. Alright, Connor, we are here on top of, um, let's just say, the Empire State Building. <laughs> um, yep, uh, pretty it's, high. It's pretty high, it's quite windy here, but um, what I wanted to do is get a sense of Daredevil, and I wanted to drink in his uh, his environment, and, and to talk about this issue that you um, have highlighted as one of your most important issues. Uh, this is Daredevil 304, so... Um, Shall we go through it? Have you got your copy there? Um, mind the pigeons. Indeed I do. Yep, excellent. Uh, okay, so um, before we start anyway, uh, just overall, like what what really made this for you? Well, speaking of the day in the life uh, thing we were talking about before, this, is, this issue is probably the... Yeah, this is... Uh, I don't know, I just... I'm seeing a theme as, as well. You know? As I've said, Daredevil, Daredevil, like I don't know, I, I I can relate a lot to Daredevil, and I love, I love that this is like it's just the daily struggle for him, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like I guess I don't want to spoil the issue too much or anything. No, no. But we'll, it we'll just this it. this issue encapsula- encapsulates so many things I love about the character and so many of the qualities, like I just really admire in mm. the character as well. And like, I hope I can be, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. if I was, if, if I ever had like, you know, these positive qualities that he shows here, like, you know, yeah. I, yeah, I just, I see it like, you know, if you distill it into words, I see it as very, a very hearty depiction of him and a very yes. like true, like just honest, really honest. Like, yeah. um, there, there are no real bells and whistles to this. There are no super villains and no, you know, aliens or whatever. It's just him in New York where we are now. Um, just yeah. surveilling his his territory. So um, yeah, I mean, look what we have here from. Uh, oh, maybe Connor, do you want to read out just the credentials or the credentials, the credits here? Yeah, sure. So, oh man, I can never pronounce the, this guy's name. I know who he is. Uh, um, writer. Yeah, I don't. Know. I say Chichester, but I don't know. DJ Chichester. Yeah is the writer. Penciler is Ron Garney. Inker mm. is Bud LaRosa. Letterer is Bill Oakley. Colorer is Max Shield. Editor is Ralph Macchio. Editor-in-chief is Tom DeFalco. Yep, excellent. Sorry if I messed any of that up. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. And this was released May of 1992. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as we as we kick off, uh, what we immediately get from, from DG to Chester is, um, is a time... Um, 10.07am, mm-hmm. which is important because it runs throughout the whole issue. And we see um, Daredevil, much like ourselves, perched up on a ledge somewhere. Yes. Um, so he... This is basically a, a, a... I guess a day in the life of Daredevil. Um, yep. Actually, before I say that, Connor, it's weird because... Oh, anyway, we'll get to that. So anyway, it's a day in the life of, of Daredevil. So at 10 in the morning, he's, um, you know, just surveilling. At uh, around lunchtime, 1234 he uh, 
he spots um, just just innocuous people. There are um, a, a couple here with a baby. What I do love here, he kind of I've got to mention uh, ponytails in the nineties are big. Yeah, pants, you know. Actually, I thought this guy at first was a criminal, but he's just a normal dude, right? <laughs> so he's got a pram, and uh, and the baby's pram gets caught in between the gap of the the train and the platform, and the door's shut, and uh, and. Jeez, this is a big thing. Um, the the train starts moving and the stroller yeah. moves with it. A very heart rending kind of scene, you know. Um, and they try desperately to to get the attention of the driver, which we'll see later. The guy's screaming, uh, and rather, I know, grimly, we see the baby flopped out of the thing. Off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Um, it's pretty dark, but what we see, of course, is in the shadows, Daredevil's there, and um, beautifully done with his, you know, perfect balance and such. He, he manages to catch yeah. the baby, and um, an important thing here, Connor, was um, I think he takes a hit himself. You know, he, he rolls yes. on the ground, uh, despite the fact that he's got hypersenses, uh, and he, you know, typical Daredevil, a very noble act. He takes one yes. um, for the better of the child. Uh, so that's the first incident. And, and we see later on the happy parents um, and later on as well, which actually I had to kind of, I was just flicking through this, I had to double take, and it's the train driver that he yeah. um, he kind of gets. And I don't know what he does to him. I mean, the guy, it was negligence, I don't know. But uh, he just says, clean your ears, and uh, he gets a... A rather harsh reproachment from from Daredevil. I mean, uh, he didn't beat him up at least. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah, which is I think is fair. I mean, the guy was just negligent, really. Um, Maybe the equivalent today would be like I don't know. He'd be on his cell phone or something. But oh, we'll he was... get to that. We'll get to that. Don't worry. We'll get to that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But that's exactly that's exactly what it is. And I don't know about you, but I cannot stand people on their phones in the car. You know, that's just yeah. terrible. Um, so how about the next one, Connor? We got um, later on in the day. Yes. So 4.56pm. Uh, so this is <laughs> this is a pretty funny one. Yeah. Uh, there's this lady. Um, she's trying to lug all of these bags. And she's trying to get to Grand Central. And she hails a cab. Mm-hmm. And she goes to hop in. And this this uh, dapper-looking gentleman with a ponytail, <laughs> I might add, uh, <laughs> Pretty much just cuts in and jumps in the cab, and it's raining. What a douche! And he's, she's just like, "This is mine. It's raining." And he goes, "No kidding. You know what a pain it is getting a cab on a day like this." Yeah. And then Daredevil yanks him out by the pony table, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the lady just gets in the, and gets in the cab, and he's left in the puddle, shaking his fist, and Daredevil's just catching a ride on the cab as well. Uh, There's nothing better than shaking your fist in anger. I, I do. Do, yeah. you do that. Do you do that, Connor? I do that. <laughs> um, I have yelled, like yelled to the heavens in anger at a <laughs> okay. particular brand of car one day. So oh, I guess that's right. Mine. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's, that's your fist <laughs> shake. Um, so and again, we see here. Um, I guess crime of any sort. Well, not really a crime, but any. You know, what, how would you describe it? Any um, douchiness or any wrongdoing, Daredevil will take. It doesn't matter how big or small. And this is a pretty small one. Come on, you know. The yeah, guy's I just, mean, we're making yeah. him sound like some weird dictator, but no, it's no. <laughs> it's not it's not played like that. It's played like you know. I mean, this, this guy is a huge jerk, and yes, 
yeah, you know, he got thrown out of the car because he stole this chick's cap, and this is very uncourteous. Exactly. That's all it is, really. But um, I like it how Daredevil pays attention to that as well. Yeah. um, Yeah. Uh, The next one, um, so now, I mean, there's, you know, there's a bit of, a little bit of downtime for Daredevil. So 4.56pm, we go into midnight, just past midnight, the witching hour, 12.01, and we get more, um, uh... Yeah, just a, a little bit more crime here, and we get a gentleman who I think is uh, a very much has been on the source um, for a lot of bad luck yeah. happening to him in his life. Mentions which is... he's an ex-broker for Wall yeah. Street, so yeah, um, yeah, and he's just got laid off as well, so not the best time for him. Um, and he's found himself in an alley, and we have your typical '90s criminal there pretty vicious he's got a, a baseball bat wanting to um mug this guy there's a lot of people no ponytail in... though no ponytail no you're right you're right he's uh, he's all right he's got a pouch i think so that's a nice <laughs> thing um but yeah down there in the alleys we're safe up here but um he swings a bat at the guy but daredevil manages to get it at the nick of time and of course a little quip at the end next batter and uh, he pulls the guy's hair, and we think he defuses the situation. So, again, another job for Daredevil. Another quick one, but um, we see that he's got eyes everywhere, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, oh. and then the, the cop remarks, uh, where it is, you've been busy, Hornhead, that yeah. time. That's and right. Daredevil just has the serious face, clocks ticking, sergeant. Yeah, brilliant, yeah, brilliant, I, um, <laughs> which is pretty cool. So, he's doing his job very well. Um, and then we have later on the night there, Connor, as well. Yes, t- uh, 2.39 a.m. Uh, we cut to an abrupt scene of Daredevil tackling this dude with a chainsaw <laughs> through a glass window of a bar. Um, and there is a run... I'm sure Daredevil readers know there is a running joke of Daredevil ruining uh, glass panes for bars. <laughs> so, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so uh, apparently this guy was determined to prove his manhood by carving his initials in the bar and carving up anyone else who got in his way. Yeah, so apparently mm. we probably went to his truck and picked up a chainsaw but luckily uh, the cloud of carbon monoxide from the chainsaw alerted Daredevil to his presence yeah. and uh, yeah took him out took him out <laughs> um, look with these street level um, and just normal people uh, it's really I don't know if this guy's normal <laughs> well I mean like as in he's not Thanos yeah I know what you yeah. mean he's not a super villain he's not no. super it's very easy work for Daredevil but he's got a lot of stuff to do hasn't he I mean like Connor 2.39 yeah. in the morning are you uh, do you envisage yourself tackling a chainsawed person I think it's uh... do you want the answer to that <laughs> well I'm afraid I'm afraid for it <laughs> um, yeah so no sleep for the um, no rest for the wicked here and Daredevil must yeah no he uh, so yeah, he doesn't seem to be sleeping at all. Yeah, I feel for him actually, because like with his time, every time, and especially from the Netflix series, and you see him panting and struggling. When I was reading this, looking at the time, I'm going, "Geez, it's two thirty-nine in the morning. He's been up, you know, fighting crime since ten o'clock. Uh, you know, he must be yeah. buggered. He must be buggered, right? I mean, it's just I thought a one of yeah. the. Sorry. Sorry, go on. I would just say it's just a different perspective after having seen him on screen, you know, on, on the screen. Yeah. Screen. Yeah. But I thought I thought one of the worst things was in the um Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. Oh, yeah. uh, this is only in the director's cut though, which is much oh, better. Than I haven't seen the other it. cut. Okay. Definitely worth watching. Much better cut. Everyone says um, it though. Yeah, okay. Okay. 
Well, because the romance becomes a subplot. And ah, cool. Like, he... Yeah. But there's a bit, and he... He gets... He goes through the ritual of, like, getting undressed, and you see all the scars and stuff, and he finally gets into a sensory deprivation tank. Mm-hmm. And then he hears someone getting stabbed. Oh. But it's, like, at that point... If you watch it, because it's like it's too late for him to do anything. Yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of like the worst. It's it's like a bird pooing on your head. Like <laughs> it's just the worst possible. It must have been yeah. like the worst possible feeling. Like he just could not do anything. Well, just helpless, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like God. he could, but he could hear like every excruciating detail of the murder as it happened. Oh, that'd, um, be, that'd be torture. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, oh, that's pretty good. That actually gives it a bit more of a. A, a darker quality to it, that movie? Oh, yeah. I mean, it still has a playground fight, but uh, definitely definitely check out the director's cut. Um, oh, the playground fight, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the bad thing about that was that... Was it in the commentary or whatever? They spent so long kind of choreographing that and... Yeah. quite proud of it, but... It, yeah. No, they, they, they add a whole, like... There's a whole subplot of, like, lawyer stuff that's added and the movie's generally a lot darker. Okay. Instead of... Instead of sleeping with Electra, he goes and fights crime. Like that's an actual change in the director's cut, which is oh, amazing. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, so, yeah, to... definitely check it out. Um, yeah, got to see it. I mean, like after seeing Charlie Cox and Daredevil, it's hard to go back to Ben Affleck um, in that movie. See, but... I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I, I think they're both really good Daredevils. Okay. I'm probably a minority, but uh, I despite like... what Affleck keeps saying about the Daredevil yeah. movie, I think he was a good Daredevil. Yeah, that was a turn-off, and, and I do like uh, the costume in, in Affleck's Daredevil as well. It was pretty cool. Um, but, Impractical, yeah. though. Who yeah. wears leather, like, uh... just on skin? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. And peeling that off, like, oof. Oh, after you're sweaty and all that, yeah, after a hard days, after 34 hours of, you know. Oh, there's something. scabs on the inside of my suit because they got stuck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can kind of imagine that now, yeah, that's yeah. Not, not good at all. Oh, you, you picture it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, right, so, well, in the comic book form, at least, we're um, yes. now a few hours ahead, 7.28, early in the morning, so around this time I'd be, I don't know, getting ready to go to work, having showered, looking for breakfast, and we get a, a homeless man here, just with his cart of uh, recyclables, I think, uh, and a, a car swooshes by and knocks over his trolley. Uh, he's very unhappy at that, but while he's complaining, Daredevil's secretly helping it um, tidy up. And he turns around, and uh, everything's all tickety boo. So, uh, sight yep. unseen, but um, you know, good job done, Daredevil again. Yep. And then we uh, get to a few hours later, eleven twenty-two a.m., and uh, these crazy kids oh, are no. playing uh, <laughs> ping pong across the road. Why not? Why not? <laughs> you know? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're they're oblivious to whatever's going on, and the driver, <laughs> oh, the driver's on his phone. The driver's like, on his phone, exactly. Cellular all the way. I just got it installed this weekend. New technology. And then we get to yeah. Daredevil's scowly face. Yes. <laughs> Thick auto exhaust swamping over heavy perspiration, squealing car phone static, and youthful giggles cancelling each other out. And then he leaps into action, and uh, the car's about to. <laughs> hit the chick and at the last second they both realize like whoops yeah uh so daredevil knocks her out the way uh he, he flips onto the car grabs her and takes her out the way and the best part here is he he hits the ball back he does ping <laughs> like point. he grabs her racket and just hits the ping ball ping yep. pong ball back to the other dude um, yeah 
and manages to get his uh, bounces on, on the first volley. It bounces onto his bat. So um, yeah, that's pretty cool. What I thought as well it was funny. The guy on the phone, um, he actually manages to sign off on the call. Ken, I got to go. <laughs> like you know, split second. You know, you got a, a split second to react, and he still manages yeah. to say, "Hang on, I'll just I'll, I'll see you later." <laughs> you know. So, um, oh, I mean, you always hate in the movies that they just hang out without saying goodbye, well, right? Well, that's, so, that's true. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> so Chichester has really done his homework here, which is really cool. But uh, and there's I do like that little detail of like he's hurt her, but then Daredevil points out, well, it would have hurt a lot more the other way. Yeah, so. exactly. Like he's had to, he's yeah. done the best he can. Like it's you know, it's yeah. not all. He's like, ne- yeah. He's not Superman, wink, wink. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, Superman would have, you know, would have diffused the situation a lot easier. <laughs> Unless it was that Superman who got totaled by the mortar, then he probably would have trashed the dude's car. But yeah. oh yeah, probably gone a bit, a bit aggro. Um, or the Superman. But then, uh... sorry, yep. Oh, so I was just saying, Daredevil points out they should just try the court next time. <laughs> yeah, look. Do you think there's a bit of a Darwin Awards thing happening here? Maybe maybe they were better off. Maybe she was better uh, off getting hit, you know? I, I feel mean, like... I, I don't have many problems with this comic. But like, I mean, maybe if they were a bit younger... Yeah. Like, it'd be a bit more believable that they just, like, would be so airheaded. Yeah. Like, playing um, ping pong on a on a road. Like, come on. these guys look like they're, like, 20. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, Exactly. Like, I expect this from, like, 12-year-olds or, like, 8-year-olds. Like, maybe they're playing, like, street hockey or something, you know? That would have worked better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're, but, they're a bit old. You know, uh, Daredevil makes them, all look, look, makes them all look like chumps anyway, so... Exactly. Uh, he doesn't... He might stick around to tell the guy off, but that's off-panel if he does. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's great. He, he patronises them quite well. Next time, try the yeah. court at the Y. He pats her on the head with the bat, it looks like. So, I don't know. It's good. It's good. I'm, I'm, I'm up with that. I'm up with that. Um, yeah, it's charming. It's a nice, charming little moment, I think. Yeah, um, it is. It is. It's like you know, a, he's like Daredevil's not just like he's not Marvel's Batman. No. Um, no. Which, uh, yeah, I know your pain, by the way, with the whole Marvel's Batman thing. Oh like, gosh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure. You'll be pleased to know that I never thought of Moon Knight as Marvel's Batman. Oh, so. fantastic. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It is a bit of a bane. No pun intended. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is, uh, yeah, he's very different. Uh, let's just say, the people that know Moon Knight know that he's very different. That's all the, that matters. The problem... Oh, man. I guess I'm not sure how the Moon Knight thing started because... Actually, no, I, on, I was listening to that Ghost Rider podcast mm-hmm. and uh, with the epic tale of uh, plasma that you guys uh, were yes. yeah, counting yeah. and you mentioned that Moon Knight was acting a lot like Batman in the 90s yes yes because he didn't he didn't have his personalities or anything uh, there was an editorial the... decision yeah they um, they were told all the writers Chuck Dixon has confirmed it that um, they were told to forget the identities and just concentrate on basically wow. yeah he's kind of Batman-esque thing I think they must have been trying to compete Against Batman or something, yeah. So they need to be more extreme. Mm, yeah. So that was uh, that was their choice back then. Um, yeah. Around this time, the early nineties, this is when this was written. So yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Historically, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. But um, I, I guess the um the problem with Daredevil, right, <laughs> is one of the most well known Batman writers is Frank Miller. Yes. Guess who the most well known Daredevil writer is? Frank Miller. <laughs> and, well, the good thing of the silver lining there, though, is that um, 
which came first, you know, the seminal writing. Well, that's the thing. Everyone who accuses Daredevil of, like, being Marvel's Batman is, like, they refer to the Miller stuff. And it's like, well, no, Miller was writing Daredevil exactly. before Batman, which is why he seems like exactly Marvel's Batman. Like, it's weird because, like, oh, Batman Year One and The Dark Knight Returns, you know, like, Daredevil's just aping those. Like, well, no, Born Again, yeah. the whole Daredevil it run was, came out all... before all that. I mean, look, and I don't hate Batman, but um, it's all yeah. it's all because of Daredevil that Batman was really. I mean, like Miller was cutting mm. his teeth into Daredevil, trying to figure out like you know a tone, um, the sort of hero, and he he learned a lot from writing Daredevil, and he applied that to Batman. So and people always forget there's still a lot of humor in the uh, Frank Miller Daredevil run mm. as well, the yeah. initial run anyway, not so much Born Again. Yeah, yeah. Although, there is Turk dressed as Santa Claus in Born Again, so I guess it's that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, a little bit. Yeah, so pep it, pep it. that's all pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I just want to briefly point out, if we're doing things that ripped off dead, it will, well, not that Batman's at Hidden, but anyway, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, yes, that's fa- I, I Come really, on. I love that, though. That's great. That's like a, But that's like a conscious homage to, to Daredevil, right? Um, I've just always been jealous that they got so popular and yeah. Daredevil didn't. Not until now, anyway. True. Um, well, Daredevil, he's got his time in the sun now, really, hasn't he? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I, I love the fact... I, actually, I don't mind that. And, like, good on the TMNT. That was great. Um, but I love it how everything is intrinsically linked to Daredevil. Um, mm. It's beautiful. So, yeah, it's uh, it's really good. Even the Big Bang can be traced back to Daredevil. So. <laughs> of course. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so... We started to um, get a bit more serious here now. Um, I think this is probably the third act of this... The crescendo. The crescendo, I'd put it, yeah. Mm. Um, And we see Daredevil, again, doing his thing. It's uh, 3.51 in the afternoon. um, And he's perched up on top of the arch and he's looking down at Washington Square Park. um, And there's basically a busker there um doing his thing as a he's doing a, a sword yeah. juggling act and a fire breathing act and such um i else? love the uh little box there that just says a symphony of sensation with yes. the man without fear conducting like he's just looking that's, well that's, not looking uh no <laughs> you know what i <laughs> no. mean yeah. yeah he's uh but that's a that's a nice beautiful um pan uh what do you call it blurble text there it's really good yeah um very well written and he's just uh He's got an apple, you know, even Daredevil gets hungry after doing all that work. And uh, so we have a busker, but we also have other people here in, um, in this final act, um, Connor. We have uh, a bunch of film actors, uh, film students, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, New York film students, one guy with a, a toy gun, uh, they're doing an yeah. amateur film. We have the busker, as I mentioned, uh, he's juggling, you know, uh, cleavers and, um, and swords and such. Yeah, he's uh, probably not a busker. Oh, isn't he? Oh. Well, a busker plays instruments, right? I think this guy is just a street performer. Oh, okay. Um, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Not not to be a nitpicking ninny. Right. Just... <laughs> no, no, no worries. No, no. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because I, I immediately saw Circular... Well, sorry, for the Sydney siders um, listening, I immediately saw Circular Key where... Uh, yeah, I just randomly call them yeah. buskers, but there are a lot of street performers, you're absolutely right, where they do all these other tricks rather than just singing and stuff. So, um, yeah, so he's there... The... Ginsu knife act apparently is what this guy is doing. Ah, right. Um, well, he said on the page, so I'm not that smart. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he does. I was looking yeah. for it. I was looking for it. It's right at the top. There it is. 
Um, yeah. And then we get a few other players here, Connor. Can you uh, maybe explain? This is a bit. This has actually took a bit of a dark turn as well. Yeah, this got really like weird. Yeah. <laughs> so we have one of the. F- uh, no, he's not a film stream. This is this is just a photographer. Another guy. Yeah, just a, another person. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, this this guy bumps into him. And he's like really silly. He's like, "What you sorry, but?" And yeah. he's like, I, "I said, excuse me." And it's this, it's this guy with like a mustache and a, a camo uh, gear. Yeah, and like a, a, a Daffy Duck shirt. Yeah, strange. Um, but he's got like yeah the camo trench coat, so he probably has like a million AK forty sevens under his thing yeah. or something. Oh yeah. And then there's this weird old guy in a hoodie terrible. behind him on the left going oh young man terrible <laughs> terrible yeah uh. and uh yeah so and Daredevil's like in his inner monologue he's saying like you know the tension is so thick he can almost feel it raising the hairs on the back of his yeah. arms underneath the supple red of his suit yeah uh, yeah it's you know, uh, so. really good um and then what we get going on is we get the film students setting up their stuff um we're established that the gun is in fact fake because it's just a toy gun for the the show uh yep. we, get, we get the street performer doing his stuff he's, he's you know using dangerous things he's using um torches now Jug- yeah. yeah juggling cho- torches um you know uh, entertaining the crowd with quips as well um and yep. at the same time as well we see that really oh, creepy dude just um, start to kind of really get in there into the space of that um, the young man with the camera and asking him what's he doing um, you know have you taken a lot of pictures uh, there's a good angle up here a, a terrific shot if you come with me um, and and the other guy in the in, uh, in the camouflage gear uh, he's a bit of a loose cannon it seems here yeah, he's 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 like keep it cool, people, and yeah. his fist like starts shaking. And there's that there's this odd touch of like that red balloon with the smiley mm. face in the background. It's very odd. Maybe isn't it's like it? his yeah. his head's about to burst or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot the um yeah a lot of good good um direction here with the layouts and obviously yeah. the shaking fist there to show that he's not totally and he's talking to himself <laughs> as well. That that too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, and then they start shooting the student film, mm-hmm. and uh, so you got the you got the kid there running with the gun. He leaps over the fence. Uh, Daredevil points out a little low on the hurdle, but not bad. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's really cool. He's yeah. eating his apple, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and the juggler, uh, the 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 barrel where he's put his uh, fire uh, yes. sticks. Sure, there's a better name for those. Uh, starts rolling, and uh, the young man has been uh, slowly guarded away by the old creepy yeah. man. Oh, and terrible. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Um, and he's like, I'd have to lift you up to get you high enough. I know. Would you like that? Oh. I would. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Uh, which at this point now, seriously, Connor, I'd be friggin' just. Run in the other way. This guy is just too creepy for my liking. Yeah, um, but... and then we get to Captain Carnage with his yeah. mullet. Oh, he's got a and, yeah. He's got uh... a he's got a ponytail as well. Isn't yeah, the third. Yeah, why don't they mullet? Um... It's uh, lovely. I wonder if he's. But yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, he, so he sees he's... the kid running. Yep. Yeah. Yanni's like wrong day, wrong park, punk. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, this is this is where this is literally where the apple drops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is beautiful and, because we see we get a sense from Daredevil that he can see all the cogs moving, but he can yeah. see what is going to eventuate. Um, you know, his keen senses he he can just he just sees what is about to happen. He can predict it. Like this is the boiling point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, and we get uh, we get the the young film student with the fake gun, you know, just flashing his gun. But at the same time, that um, that drum that had the fire sticks has fallen over, and has rolled behind the street performer. And he unfortunately slips, and he throws everything up into the air. Whoops! <laughs> yes. He's like whoa, and uh, then we we cut to everything going wrong and. Uh, the old dude is like pretty much just like abducting this kid at this point. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, God. And uh, the the crazy guy is uh, looks like he's pulling out a piece when he sees the kid with the toy gun. Yep. And this is where Daredevil leaps off the building, well, the archway he was on, and the sword is about to impale the street performer. He really threw that. <laughs> yeah. Wrong. Yeah. You know, knife throwing one hundred and one. I'm sure there were safety measures, but he just he flung it up into the air. Um, and so we get more of the guy, obviously, trying to abduct this poor young fella. Um, the film student's happy. But we also notice here, this is another twist for me, Connor. We, the, the shaky guy yes. in the camo gear is actually a, a New York cop. But he's obviously yep. a bit under, under duress or stress. Um, but he pulls a gun, he pulls a piece on the film student, thinking that he's some sort of, I don't know, terrorist or criminal. Um, but Daniel yeah. sees all of this. And, yeah, that, that was a big twist for me as well, because I thought mm. he was just like a, you know, sort of maybe be like a, a vet or something. Yeah. Um, was it essential to have him as a, a New York cop? I don't think so. I think, as you say, uh, it would probably come across as a new as a vet, would probably work. I think it's good. It adds a nice twist, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it also adds a twist, like, uh, like this is a cop, so I think there's like a boiling point for everyone. Yeah, right. Uh, maybe, maybe not, but like, you know, it's better that Daredevil is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, these aren't just a bunch of criminals and miscreants in the park. True. This is just everyday things going wrong. Yeah. And God knows, you know, there has been accidents with cops before. Yes. Um, so. Yeah. Um. So Daredevil leaps into the fray. The first thing he does, he manages to stop the knife from falling on the street performer and just says, mind if I borrow this? Uh, yeah. And he's already got a plan of what he's going to do. So the guy has got his gun trained on the um, the film student. He's basically saying... Well, he's, he's talking gibberish, really. Um, told you not to what is he doing yeah I, I don't know he must be going under some sort of PTSD or something because mm. he's I think he's like oh well the, the film student is like he's kind of look this gun's not real and he's like holding it out yeah which is probably a pretty stupid move <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like I told you not to you yeah, know because you can see the reflection in his glasses it kind of looks like he's he's about to he's about to shoot him yeah, yeah. and um, then Dada was leaping over things and he throws the sword, and I thought he was going to throw the sword to disarm the. Yes, I thought so too. Cop. Yeah. But then he just like slashes the the pedophile in the arm. Yeah. Um. And the, the guy's broken his trance and says, "Get away! Get away from me!" So he's um no longer under the the um influence of this pedophile. Um, yeah. 
Daredevil still hasn't finished. He's still got a lot to do. So we're still stuck with yeah. the, the, the um, what do you call it, the, the face-off between um, the... Yeah, the cop and the film yeah. student. And, uh, and then we get this other cool thing at the end here. So Daredevil leaps in time and he puts his hand in the way of the, the hammer, of the, of the gun. Yeah. And he, you know, again, innocuous to us. You know, it'll probably, it'll probably hurt a bit, but for Daredevil, uh, that would be just agony, right? So, with his... Well, I think it hits his nerve, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, nerve ending. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, and his nerves are very sensitive, as we all oh, know. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, for a normal person, it would hurt, but probably not as much. For him, it would hurt a lot, I think. Yeah, and the the cop has a line about how he's the one going home to dinner tonight. So he's, I mean, he's obviously acting out of fear as opposed to just sort of being a jerk. Um, Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's had some sort of trauma. Like he's just super paranoid. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Probably shouldn't be uh, carrying a gun in a batch right now. uh, And the film student's like, whoa, you were going (laughs) to, you're totally going to shoot me. Yeah, yeah. Um, And the pedophile there is left clutching his... I'm assuming bloodied hand, arm, um, we don't see it, but uh, Daredevil points the... Actually, that's the reason why he's a cop, I guess. He points him towards the pedophile, saying that, you know, you do have a job here. Um, yeah. Uh, you can actually, you know, while you're at it, you can pick up this dude. Uh, so, Arrest him, arre- and then yourself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Turn yourself in with him. Um, yeah. And the crowd cheers, and Daredevil, you know, being uh, a local of New York, has to oblige them all. Yeah, he, he takes a bow. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I mean, why not? He's he's had a busy day. Plus, it's that's like the that's like the polite thing to do, I guess. Mm. Um, oh yeah, you know, instead of just um, the 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 caption does say, "Yeah, blood rushes to his face, warm with embarrassment," yeah. but you don't say no to New Yorkers. Exactly. So that was that was pretty cool as well. And then the final page is a bit of a, I guess, a bit of a, like an epilogue. So to speak. So we reached the thirty-four yep. hours, eight oh seven p.m. So Daredevil has been up and about, and he's. We're brought back to the the spot that we, he began with. Uh, we we saw him uh, on top of the ledge um, in front of the clock. And, yep. Uh, yeah. So Connor, I was actually trying to work out the this last bit here. So it's, yeah. it's all about thirty-four hours, right? So his thirty-four hours ha- has been busy, right? So are they saying yep. thirty-four hours out of the entire year, it's it gets busy, or I think it's like thirty-four hours out of the entire year. There's like there's no, oh, there's no, like, there, there, there's like no murders. If you know what I mean, like, uh, like I'll read out the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. epilogue if you don't mind. Yeah, for um, sure. So uh, this is as Daredevil sitting on the, uh, you know, ledge or whatever. Mm-hmm. Daredevil knows the streets. While the man named Matt Murdock, who lives behind the mask, knows the statistics. A normal day means a murder every 3 hours, 55 minutes. It's the rare 24 hours goes by that spares a human life. And when it does, it's not that a city's protectors have been provided a much-needed breather. It's that some family has been saved from another tragedy. It comes from less than an avenue away, with the suddenness of a serpent strike. A moist-sounding whistle, slash of steel cutting deep into flesh. Anguish, uh, anguish, gas dwindling, vanishing under the all-too-familiar copper reek of blood. Thirty-four hours out of an entire year. The exception to the rule of brother-against-brother violence that frightens eight million souls into compromising the, val- compromising the value of their humanity. Stripped of hope and accepting a norm of killing like clockwork. 
times are wasting indeed. Mm. The end. So I think that was the whole, yeah, that was the whole sort of, because they mentioned it as a cop before, times are wasting. Like, yeah. this is, I guess this is the 34 hours right. of the year where, you know, no one has been murdered, and it's a very rare occurrence. Oh, so I guess it ends okay. on, like, a bit of a downer note. It does. Oh. It does. It, 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 it gives a sense that the work is never done, well, you know? Yeah, um, pretty much. And, like, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that myself. Maybe maybe a Mooney can clear it up. Yeah. For us or something, um, yeah, um, or a loony, yeah, uh, or both, you know, loonies and loonies, why not? <laughs> or priests, or priests, yeah, high priests, yes. <laughs> um, but this was a pretty, so, pretty good issue. Yeah, mm. and and so as you were saying, this was quite uh, memorable for you because of this, um, uh, I guess, honest honesty that Daredevil shows with him, just his, his honest work in New York City. Yeah, it's not, there's no, there's no, like, attempt to deconstruct the character or anything in this issue. There's no, like, there's no, there's no, this is all about, like, what, uh, this is just honestly showing what he does Mm. for the city and stuff. And, like, it just shows his good qualities. Like, this is, this is why he's a hero and this is why he's a good person. Yeah, for sure. And that's something that we really should focus on because... Uh, let's face it, uh, this is in by no way any marketing for um, New York tourism. It, it, it actually shows a, it's quite a, um, quite a dangerous place, it seems. And, and again, I'm glad that we're up here, fetched high. but um, Expensive. Ex- expensive as well. Um, yeah. But, you know, this was, this was really cool. Um, and as I mentioned before, there are parallels, I think, with this one and your second Oh, actually, before we we do that, why not let's not, let's do a let's do a bit of a review here. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, oh, sorry, not review, rating. Sorry. Um, yep. What would you what would you give this? Uh, you know, knowing it's one of your favourites already, but what would you give this uh, out uh, of so out of pedophiles? How I, many pedophiles are we going to give this? I was going to say Billy Club. Okay, sure. Mine just went to pedophiles. <laughs> <so. laughs> um, oh, Billy, well, Billy Clubs mean, is a lot better. <laughs> As I said, for me, this is a near-perfect issue, so I give it 4.5 Billy Clubs Whoa. out of 5. And knowing your rating system from last week's uh, Sons of the Dragon that I yes. guested on, that is a pretty high on the Connor rating scale. Very rare occurrence, right. that is true. Ooh, I'm, I'm very keen to hear what um, this other comic that we're going to mm. review will be. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoy this as well. Uh and apart from the um, visual '90s, just you know, things that you can't escape, like uh, the ponytails, fa- ponytails, the fashion of the day, like you know, the two kids playing ping pong. Like she's in her like um, leotards or whatever. Um, yeah. Apart from that, it's it's a pretty timeless. I think it's a pretty timeless tale because it's very simple, and um, yeah. and it actually the two main characters are basically Daredevil and New York City. And, and yes, this is what we exactly. always, yeah. This is what we, what is always reiterated in the Netflix show as well about yep. New York is a character in itself, and uh, we very much get a sense of this. Um, I love the the range of, of uh, crime that shows that Daredevil, nothing is too small or big for him. Um, yeah, it was really good. It was a really good portrayal of, of him. Um, uh, you know, one 
it focus on one aspect of him. Like you were talking about, there's so much that goes into Daredevil, like his his depression and uh, yeah. you know his relationships and all that with um, with Karen Page and all the supporting characters. But no, this was a nice solid outing. I'd give this a uh, yeah, I'd give this a four as well for um, nice four flying babies out of five. That would be pretty, <laughs> wow. pretty. I don't think I've I've turned it to the page here and I just see this baby in midair. So. Um, also, yeah, yeah, I think the artwork is gorgeous, especially for the 90s. Artwork's great. And like, can you believe this is Ron Garney? Like, this is the same guy doing the art now at Daredevil. Well, uh, really? So recently. Yeah, Ron Garney. It's the same guy. Wow. So That's crazy. Different. I did not know that. Yeah. The, with the, your favourite Charles Saul run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, but I, I do. I love this art as well. It's, it's very. Um... There's there's a lot of there's a lot of subtle touches in the artwork as well. Like there'll be certain panels and certain parts of panels which are in Daredevil's radar vision. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I love this. Fantastic. Issue. So I mean, so Looney's again. If you are a fan of Daredevil, or if you aren't and you want to find a a uh, a door into into Daredevil's world check out daredevil 304 so volume one yep yep uh, you can uh pick that up pretty on the pretty cheap mm-hmm. like it's not it's not like a super rare issue or anything it's on a hallmark so you can pick it up pretty cheap online or just search those back issues at your local comic book store might it'd probably be on comiXology or something i'm not sure because i don't have a digital yeah i i haven't checked um but i reckon it probably would be there's a whole heap of daredevil there so um, if it's on Marvel Lim- Unlimited as well, which it may well be, if you have the subscription, um, just check that out as well. If not, check out Comixology. I'm sure it's there. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was a fantastic um, review there. But we have uh, yeah. we have one more here, Connor. So time to mm-hmm. get um, time to get away from New York City. And I I think for this one, uh, well let's ex- let's uh, let's announce it first. Um, so this other one, which is a very important one uh, from Connor's list, is Superman: Peace on Earth. Um, this was when was this released, Connor? Was, um, this uh, I will look it up, but I believe okay. it is uh, mid two thousands. Okay, mid two thousands. Um, um, and uh, we'll get into the credits and stuff, but uh, yeah, so mid two thousands, Superman: Peace on Earth. This was uh, was this just like one super issue, like big issue? So, uh, they did this for most of the members of the Justice League. Okay. So, there's Batman, War on Crime. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Shazam, The Power of Hope. Or, I love the Photoshop, The Power of Nope. Um, <laughs> and there's also Wonder Woman, Courage. I'm not sure of the full title. I've read all of them, but the Wonder Woman one. Oh, uh, I was about to say, Wonder Woman one would have been pretty cool. Possibly. Yeah, I haven't actually read that one. I just I know that the Shazam Batman ones weren't anywhere near as good, so I didn't bother with the rest. But this was oh, this is nineteen ninety eight. Nineteen okay, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean it's very you, you wouldn't be able to tell from the art. I mean the artwork's fantastic. Um, but before, timeless, yeah, exactly timeless. And before we uh, get into that kind of, why don't we just uh, hop onto the moon copter, get out of here, and uh, let's go up to uh, the Arctic, Fortress of Solitude, yeah. I didn't bring a jumper, but all right. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's all right. We'll uh, we'll get one of those, you know. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll get a we'll get we'll a kill a polar bear. Way. We'll kill a polar bear. Yeah. Let's just yeah. Let's, so let's let's uh, get out of here.
Okay, we are here in uh, the cold, cold Arctic of the Fortress of Solitude. Um, a little bit of warmth in here, Connor. Um, I see a lot of crystals, pretty white. Um, mm. If you like your minimalism, um, you know, decor, then you can't get any better than this. It's pretty cool. Uh, speaking of cool, we are looking at Superman, Peace on Earth, as mentioned, Connor. And um, again, just overall... Uh, overall mm-hmm. thoughts on this. So, nineteen ninety eight, you mentioned. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, overall thoughts on this issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it is uh, definitely one of the sort of quintessential entry level stories for Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it adds a it adds a dimension to the character which I think a lot of people aren't aware of. Yeah. Um. Uh, which is, you know, why, like, he's so powerful, why doesn't he, like, how does he have any challenge, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, how does he have any struggles? Why can't he just, you know, do everything and fix everything? And I think this Very good point. Uh, issue is uh, only maybe even written as a response to that. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, I get the sense uh, of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so what was it that struck out? Was it the story that struck out? What was the um, thing that struck out for you? The art? The art is... is we'll get into that. That's a, a thing on, on its own. But, um, yeah, I mean, what was it that really kind of made it um, stick in your mind, this issue? Well, the, the... The issue... I mean, the issue did have an impact on me back when I first read it years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's... Because I've probably read so much other stuff... Um, it doesn't have as much of an impact as it did back then, but it still yeah. it did back then. Plus, it I think it's a very like important Superman story, and I think it's still relevant today. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a lot of elements of this story in Bam vs Superman, believe it or not. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Right? Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think it's. As you mentioned, um, what I found was, it's. I was really impressed with this. So, like you know, you, you gave me those four um, of your top books, yeah. And I, I just had to say, okay, this has got to be one of them. Um, and yeah. number one is obviously the art. I, I think I mentioned to you, I've never seen Alex Ross do a complete issue of something. He's been mm. fantastic with covers, so to actually see him carry a whole story across was just mind blowing for me. Um, the second one, as you mentioned, the story, and it's so important because, as you say, like there's that thing where you can go, well, Superman, is he overpowered? Like, can't he just do everything? And this story um, outlines, if you give it a bit more thought and add a bit of realism to it, then you can see that even Superman, like even someone this immense power, can't solve everything. Yeah. He's not like the answer to everything. And in that sense, it kind of shows him... And, you, and we see it in this. Is, we see him fail, like, you know, and it shows yeah. him vulnerable. And, and this is one thing that you hardly see Superman do. And, and vulnerable in the sense that it's not a supervillain. It's not your doomsday or your um, brainiac. Is he pretty big? Or, yeah. your, or your grapefruit mongol. It's just him <laughs> trying to do good. And it's just too vast for him. It's too vast for Superman. And that's... Um, that's what I really enjoyed about this this issue. Yeah. Um, so, uh, have you got your issue out there, Connor? Um, yes, I do. Be careful not to get too much polar bear fur and blood on it. 
Um, and cheetos. Yeah. <laughs> cheetos. Uh, all right. Well, let's kick us off. Um, Connor, uh, who have we got on creative duties? So the story is by Alex Ross and Paul Dini. The text is by Paul Dini, and the art is by Alex Ross. And Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Uh, Paul Dini, if you guys don't know, is uh, he wrote a lot for the Batman animated series and the oh, Superman animated series okay. Okay. back in the nineties. So um, right, and he's also a pretty good comic writer as well. Yeah, it's a pretty solid story. I didn't know Alex Ross did the story as well. Or does that mean that he probably did the layouts or something? Oh no, he he uh, that Kingdom Come I linked you earlier. He yep. he was a co-writer on that story oh, as well. Okay. So cool. Um, yeah, he's just I guess he's just more known for his artwork. But yeah. Oh wow. I guess when he does the stories, it's usually a collaboration as opposed to just right. solely Alex Ross. Yeah, he needs probably a little bit of assistance. You know, fair yeah. enough. Okay, that's uh, you know um, he's got a lot on his plate <laughs> doing doing the artwork, which is just yeah. My God, and sometimes yeah. collaboration is just funner. Yeah, true. You know, true. like otherwise that that's the reason I'm you know co-hosting an Iron Fist podcast and not just doing it by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah, to bounce off each other. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's get into it. Um, and what, sorry, what I noticed also, Connor, is a lot of this is landscape. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is good. Nice, um, it kind of gives a broad broad sense of everything. Um, and we at first yes. we get a, a really quick recap of Superman in general, I guess. His, Pretty much. Yeah, so what do you think has been shown more? Do you think Krypton's blown up more or Batman's parents have died more? <laughs> Oh, God, I was about to say <laughs> Batman's parents, but uh, in retrospect, thinking now, yeah, it's probably Krypton as well, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, uh, they really do hammer that, that home. Yeah. Um, but it's still fun to, to watch here, like, again, with Alex Ross art. Um, so there's yes. a nice sepia kind of tone to this, all in the first panel. The only colour... It's very, yeah, yeah wheaty. Very wheaty, yeah. Very earthy. So, um, and we get an introduction to his parents, who are the Kents, obviously, in a, yeah. on a farm. So, as you, as you mentioned, very wheaty. Uh, a quick recap of him growing up um, and discovering his powers. Um, we get uh, a nice little nod to, uh, you know, the classic Superman cliche of uh, leaping tall buildings, single, single bound. Um, yep. Faster than a locomotive, I guess. Um, a, yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, little no, more powerful than locomotive. More powerful than and a locomotive. Yeah. It gets it gets confusing because there's always like getting mixed and that's and you know yeah. shaping mighty rivers and stuff. Oh it's wow. Confusing. There's more to it. Yeah. Oh, there's like there's like a, oh yeah. It's like the Australian there's anthem. More. There's another verse to it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. Um, yeah. And uh, the good thing about this first page, I think, is that you. What immediately pops out is the big S with uh, the blue, as he yep. um, as he changes to Superman, and because that's the only color there besides mm. like the white and uh, sort of wheat brown. Mm. Um, like that's the only color on the page. Yeah, so it really oh. draws your eye to it. Um, very well, and, and the logo as well, which is very well known. I think you wouldn't find anyone, comic lover or not, who wouldn't know that kind of logo. I remember reading. I um, wasn't it like uh, up there with the cross. It's like uh, like the most well known symbol on the planet. Yeah. Um, oh, is Superman? Like the the S logo. Yeah. Wow. Cool. I think it's behind the cross. Well, I can't. I I kind of hope it's behind the cross. I don't know why I hope it's behind the cross. It would just make yeah. sense. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. I mean, I actually, 
Batman's is. I was about to say as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think he'd be around the same. Yeah, um, I'm about to say both of those. Those big two would probably be it. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. But there's a. Uh, I want to point out the third panel mm-hmm. at the bottom of the page. You know, he's a kid standing there. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much just a recreation from um, Superman issue one, all the way back in 1939. Oh wow, nice uh, um, Easter Yeah, it, 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 this yeah, the Superman seems very golden agey. He's he's drawn. Um, Alex Ross seems to draw him as an older person as well. Like he looks about forty to yep. fifty. Yeah, he does. He does. Can I just also mention the the lighting that Alex Ross does here? That panel that you mentioned, but even the one before it with um, the Kents looking down at the baby, just fantastic. My God. Yeah. My God. It's really good. It's so detailed. Like, mm. I don't know what the original prints are of these. They're probably way bigger. Like, oh, huge. man. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. To get that detail. Fantastic. Well, he gets, uh, I know he gets a lot of real life people to model. Yep. Yeah. And base off. Uh, which is common. Um, just references. Yeah. A lot of artists. Um, a lot of them uh, model themselves, like, like do poses themselves and just take... Oh, yeah. Off. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You'd have to, to, you know, to, I guess, know how the body works properly and draw it properly. Yeah. Mm. But um, then we have... Did you want to mention anything about the um, the text here in between or...? Um, well, they just they just have like an opening like little letter from each of the writers and mm-hmm. the thing in the middle saying for Superman himself who inspires us all. Yeah. It's pretty much just them saying, "Oh, thanks." Yeah, maybe yeah, so to... like some some yeah, thanks from the from the authors and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I admittedly I did gloss over that, so I'm glad that there wasn't much <laughs> oh, to that's it. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, next we get um, we're still in the the wheaty kind of um, the tone of the book. Yeah, and uh, Superman is, and this is an important bit, um, I think, because it comes back at the end. Um, Definitely. So Superman and his dad. What, what's what's his name again? The Kent. Um, Jonathan. Jonathan Kent. Yeah. Yeah. So they're sowing seeds in the fields, and he's basically telling Superman, "Look, you know, um, you know, scatter them evenly, and don't throw them in clumps. Uh, give them enough space." He goes, "Because you know, not all of them will grow. That's a given. But you at least give." You know, you give them yeah. a chance, and, and each one has needs the chance to grow. Yeah, which is really yeah. cool. Um, and he said he used to say the same thing about people: some blossom right away, while others needed a little extra care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, then that segue, he says, "It seems I hear my father's voice more clearly at this time of year." And it segues into a uh, Christmas. Yes. And Superman's flying in Metropolis with a big old tree. Yeah. And I can just say as well, again, what really impresses me, not only of the art, but um, just the, the shots that Alex Ross takes. So this is a really nice kind of, I guess, what do you call it, under undershot um, at, mm. and at an angle as well. And I can only just imagine how difficult it is to draw this, um, but it, it's really cool. So it's worth like savouring and having a look at. But yeah, he's, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as you say, very classic Superman. He's carrying a tree, a huge tree in. And it's yeah. it's not your typical tree because it is going to. Um, does it mention this the spot? Is it is it in? I guess it's in the middle of Metropolis. Like it's a, a um, it's like a public. It must be it's a public um, display. So yeah, he's putting the tree down for like I think it's like 
for the city. Yeah, like similar to, isn't there like a big one in New York City that, you know, they light up all the time everyone looks at? This is, I think, similar in Metropolis. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, he mentions this is like a yearly thing he does. Mm-hmm. Um, nice tradition. Um, yeah, so, and and that's all going, um, it's all going well. It shows him they're quickly decorating it as well. Yeah, How cool he just is like that? goes super speed around it and uh, yeah. lights it all up. Lights it all up and they all wave and, and what is really cool as well here and, and again a sense that I get from the other Superman comics is this, uh, and, and it's shown in Batman vs Superman as well, this um, this mm. urge that people want to kind of be near him and, and uh, you know, whether it's the media or people just giving their thanks to him. Um, it seems he's super popular. You know, um, yeah. Just because what he does in general, um, but he can never really stay no. for long because he's always got somewhere else to be. Yes. Um, which uh, is case when he's flying away and he hears a cry for help in the crowd. Mm-hmm. So he goes down and he picks this girl up, and uh, first, like he thinks, like she's in shock or something from the amount of people. But then it turns out she's like literally starving mm-hmm. to death, pretty much. Um, yeah, and this um this kicks off the whole major story, really. It's just this yeah, little definitely. small thing. Yeah, well, I shouldn't say small or insignificant because it is important. She's starving and and she needs help. But um, what at, at first looks like a very, you know, a very simple um task that Superman does of bringing her to a shelter and and giving her food and stuff. It actually opens his eyes to this whole thing, I guess. Um, about yeah, about people starving and people in need, uh, and the homeless during the holidays. Um, so, um, and yeah, because he, he seems a bit more introspective. Mm. Um, and there's a great line here where he's he's dressed up as Clark Kent and he walks out. And uh, what is it he's saying? Uh, I walk through bright streets bustling with life. Charles Dickens once decreed this season as. A time when want is keenly felt and abundance rejoices. Mm. Sadly, the first part of that statement is often ignored, as if acknowledging the unfortunate among us would dampen the merriment of the holidays. And mm. that, I mean, that I think that line can, you know, be pretty yeah. <laughs> applicable to like, yeah, oh, definitely sure. hits home for me. We're just in life in general, right? It's, um, yeah, definitely. Mm. But you know, the, the times like Christmas. Uh, roll around and there's just you know some like it's a time of big celebration but sometimes you know that just doesn't change for everyone else mm, exactly who's there starving or yeah 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 I know it's a, it's a tough line because you know in one sense you know we are we are um, due our merriment as well and, and our joy oh I'm not trying to guilt no no no, not, not, no no but not at all and not I'm not saying that you are or whatever but there's um, there is that balance because rightly so as you say yeah that, but there are these things that we we do need to consider, and, and whether or not you consider them outside these eventful times or not, um, yeah, we'll, we'll speak speak to I guess how how we as humans and humanity should be helping each other, you know. So yeah, um, I guess this goes into that a lot. How humans kind of react, yeah, to, uh, exactly. A lot of these things um, and how we deal with these problems. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it really does on a larger scale compared to the Daredevil one. It, it's similar in the sense that the one that we did, but this is a, a, mm. a larger scale. We're talking about humanity in general here, 
as opposed to, um, yeah, I guess you could say the same with Daredevil, but it seemed like just really smaller scale, like, you know, um, just very black and white because it's, like, they're like criminals or, or, or mean people in general. I mean, that, that, was, that was a day in the life of Daredevil, and this is kind of a day in the life of mm. Superman, yeah. you know, where he's, he's thinking these big questions. Yeah. Um, and he's got the power, like, you know, he, he's, you know, yeah. he's got power to do stuff, so... I mean, I guess I guess all this sort of stuff kicked off with. Uh, have you ever heard of the issue? Must there be a Superman? No. That was a uh, oh god. That was like a huge um, issue in the Silver Age. That was like one of the. Uh, I think that was probably the first issue that ever kind of attempted to deconstruct the character yeah. because it's like, is he really good for humanity? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, can yeah. like uh, is he just like. I would, like, is humanity just getting lazy yep. around him and stuff? Like, how much should he help? And I'm not saying this issue's doing that, but I'm saying that's what really kicked off all of this mm. sort of his relationship with the world around him as yeah. opposed to him just kind of, you know, standing up for people or beating up bad guys. Yeah. Oh, and it, and yeah. it, it just shows the level of depth that you can go into with Superman. As you say, it's not just beating up bad guys and, and fighting super space villains or whatever. Uh you Which can, is still awesome. <laughs> it is still uh, for sure, but you can drop him into this this very introspective, as you say, yeah. scenario, and uh, it really does. I found it really did make you think. Um, it was really good. It was really good. Um, so then I'm just looking at this gorgeous art. We we get him in the shelter. Yeah. <laughs> um, the face is almost photographic. You know, um, of uh, there's a pleading um, Doctor Mason. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, because he's he's gone in as Clark Kent yep. um, to check up on how she's doing, and uh, pretty much under the guise of it's a you know story he's following up. Mm. Yeah, and um, so again, he he doesn't seem too interested in um, his work's uh, Christmas holiday party. He's he's more he's now kind of focused on this thing, um, and so he, he's seen in the archives, kind of looking at a lot of. I guess photos and pictures on, on victims of starvation and um yeah, yeah, he uh I pretty graphic photos really. They are, yeah. they are, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, they obviously must be based on real real photos. Um mm. I did say I must say I do love uh, Alex Frost's art there and Clark Kent though. Um and you know this is probably an old cliche as well, but if you can't tell that that guy is Superman uh, he is pretty muscle bound as a uh, as a journalist, oh, yeah. isn't he? He's got that big square jaw, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I will, I will, I do want to actually address. I don't want. I'm not going to go on a huge rant or anything, yeah. but with the whole how come people don't know Clark Kent as Superman thing? Oh, yeah, it'll be interesting to know. Yeah, there's always. I mean, there's always. You know, there's the obvious thing. Well, you know, he acts different, or he. Mm-hmm. uses some like Kryptonian techniques or whatever. But the main thing is that people forget no one has any reason to think that Superman has a secret identity. Yeah, right. Like that's the big thing. It's like, well, they just assume Superman is always Superman. I mean, like mm-hmm. I think pretty much everyone knows like that Superman has a fortress somewhere. Yeah. So they don't assume that he's disguised as So they don't assume that he's walking among us. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now the case for Lois Lane not knowing that Clark is Superman, that's different. But like the average person, mm-hmm. I think just has no reason to suspect that. But um, 
yeah, one of the things I did like that the new movies did is actually figured it out pretty much straight away. So mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, because she's supposed to be like one of the best reporters. So mm-hmm. oh, you, her sleuthing would for sure um, figure it out towards the end. I always did love well, yeah. the um, depiction of uh, what Christopher Reeve did with his two Clark Kent. Oh yeah. There. He was I mean, he did brilliant. it so good that I think you could believe that yeah. she wouldn't be able to figure it out. Oh, no, um, for sure. It was really good. Yeah. Um, so, as we go on here, he, uh, he starts to become more introspective again on his dad as a farmer. And, um, and it's his dad here who's telling him that, you know, people always have problems with sharing. <laughs> you know, this is yeah. the reality of the world, unfortunately. Um and this is humanity as we know it. Uh, and it takes a special person with no personal agenda to, to show the world, you know, because there's enough in the world. He's, uh, the, um, Jonathan Kent saying there is enough for everyone to have, you know. It's only because people start, you know, hoarding things for themselves or not sharing and blah, blah, blah. So um, he said that the world, there's a lot to offer. Um, and it's a good lesson here. And it prompts Superman to actually do something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and like yeah. he, he he says he he doesn't he he's not like he's not under any delusion that he is that person with no personal agenda. He just no. he says he's pretty much just a guy that tries to be there for other people. Yes, um, you know, yeah, which is important. He looks upon his powers as a gift. Yeah, you know, not for him but for anyone who needs them. Yeah, yeah, which is important that it was said that as well because you're right. It could come across that you know oh. Maybe I am the messiah, you know? Like, yeah, messiah complex, which he just yeah. doesn't have at all. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, that was good. And you see some beautiful art here again from anything from pushing up a bridge, it seems, um, to helping people in a flood uh, to... Uh, I love this of the fire, um, of saving people yeah. in the fire. Um, Alex Ross, again, really does really good work with the fire and the colorer, uh, the colorist, whoever that is, is really good. Um, yeah, uh, he goes on, and again, there's um, there are more incidences here of him lifting a, a train, showing his might basically, um, and yeah, just rescuing people, rescuing like people. Save, saving a plane falling out of the sky. But these are um, this, this this goes up a level, you know, as you turn the page, this is a next level uh, awesomeness here, you know, holding a plane up and a train. So yeah, we get the sense <laughs> of Superman, you know, he's not like he's not, you know. He's way above um, a normal person. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, and again here, it's, it's not my place to dictate policy for humankind, but perhaps the sight of me fighting hunger on a global scale would inspire others to take action in their own way. So he wants to lead by example. He doesn't want to do it, him, he doesn't want to solve it himself. He actually wants yeah. to, he actually wants to, um, I think it's, it's, it's mentioned here later on or whatever, he wants to, um, there's an, uh, uh, there's a saying for it. He doesn't. Um, he wants to, anyway. He wants to lead by example. We'll, we'll get to it. I'm sure it's there somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so he goes to to Congress and he. Um, yeah. He's like, hey guys. Yeah. Well, this this is the this is how it goes. You know. I mean, you can't you can't do anything by going you know without going past the you know the authorities and all that first. So he's doing all the right things here. Um, he tells them that there is another way that things can be done, and 
uh, I guess is basically there are other agendas. Obviously, there are a multitude of reasons, you know, companies and, and such and profit and all that um, not wanting to share. But Yeah, he uh, can hear the whispers of, like, the mm. people going, ooh. Yeah. You know, but eventually it is approved. Yep. Um, I mean, even if they said no, he probably would have done it anyway. Yeah, I think so. I think he would have. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that is a, a big point, though, morally. Would he? I mean, like, you wouldn't... Oh, definitely. Yeah, like, yeah. there's... There's, um... Because you get the... The Golden Age Superman was, like... He's kind of, like, anti-establishment, really. Okay. Um, like, he was very just... Just stand-up... It was very stand-up for little guy. Screw the man. And then... Over time, because over time he became kind of like very lawful because of the comics code authority. Mm-hmm. But um, like Mar- even he got, he got even then, like he generally like he will just like if he has to, he will like go past right. Um, like the the law will never stop him from mm-hmm. doing the right thing. I guess is uh, what I'm trying to say, which yeah. is. Which is one of my problems with The Dark Knight Returns is they show that Superman's kind of like a slave to the government. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And that's just like a big no-no for me, I guess. Yeah. Um, like, he's definitely not a slave to laws and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I think he's probably very akin to, I think we mentioned this before as well, maybe Captain America as well. And that was shown in Civil War. Going, and Winter Soldier. And Winter Soldier too. going against it. If he feels it's not right, then same with Superman. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so we it's get a very sorry? comparison, actually. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think they're both. I think they're both very, very similar in a lot of regards. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. So what we have here is Superman with a lot of shipping containers, uh, filling it up with um, with with grains Brain. and yeah, and and uh, yep, uh, and he's standing up to hunger. So he's uh, he's doing all the work. He's literally doing the work himself. It's always pulling those um, those wheat um, harvesters. It seems. Yeah, and he spends a he spends a few days gathering these crops and stuff as well. Yeah, he does. He does mention that there is volunteers mm-hmm. that come to help him package the food. Yeah, but he does um, he does the bulk of it. Surely with his yeah. super speed and stuff, he'd get it done in no time. Yeah, I'm not actually sure how powerful this one is though. Oh, okay. This version of Superman. Um, Probably not like, yeah, I don't think you could just like you, you fly can't, around the world in a second. Yeah, um, right. You can't move planets or anything like that. No. no. <laughs> has, he, has he ever been able to do that? Or, no. Oh, God. No? Yeah? <laughs> the, the, the Silver Age insanity. Oh. You would like literally just chain a bunch of planets together and just run around with them. Wow. Um, That's pretty, pretty uh, high level. Oh, he got hit with the Nerf hammer hard in the 70s. <laughs> it's like, wait, he's just way too... Like, they just yeah. kept adding powers yeah, yeah. to him. Oh, um, so they're just like, oh, look, we just need to dial this down a bit. Yeah, um, otherwise you, you're going to paint yourself into a corner, basically. Yeah. I'm guessing one of the most... like, Because obviously one of the most common complaints is he's too overpowered. Mm. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that probably comes from the Christopher Reeve movie, right? Oh, about him doing the whole he, Axis thing. Yeah, he just yeah. goes back in time and just saves everyone. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for the comic book um, collectors and fans during that day 
and you know if there was the internet back then what that uproar would have would have been like or you know what sort of discussion about Superman well everyone really likes the movie yeah but him t- would um, that be a big sticking point turning back time well I guess he, uh, he could never really do that in the comics because obviously he can't just go back in time and fix everything mm. but in the movie it had a it had there was like a thematic theme of um, because his dad dies at the start of a heart attack yeah. And there's the whole theme of you can't save everyone. Yeah. And, you know, you're not allowed to mess with human history. And that, But then at the end he does it anyway. Yeah. And I feel like there's some sort of thing lesson there, but I'm not sure what it is because <laughs> it's like the whole thing setting up, oh, you can't save everyone. And then he's just like, nah, screw it. I'm going to go back in time and save everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just not sure. Uh, I just don't really know what to make of that ending, honestly. Like, the, it was, it was, it, it was definitely intended to have some sort of narrative purpose. Yeah. I think it was more of a narrative thing than a, a look at how awesome this power is. But I just don't really get what that narrative thing was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, you know, maybe it's a case of a sixteen-year-old kid who just wanted the most powerful person ever. Well, the you know the guy who wrote The Godfather wrote that, right? Oh, really? Yeah, oh. but his script was considered too campy, so the director um, made it more grounded. Oh, uh, Richard Donner. That yes, yeah. Richard Donner. I don't forget his name. <laughs> ah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, one more bit of trivia: mm-hmm. Marlon Brando wanted to be a floating green bagel. So. What? Yeah, not not joking. <laughs> A floating green bagel. Yeah, he thinks his head should have been represented by like this floating green bagel instead. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Maybe yeah. he was. Uh, oh god, he's still. Maybe he still thought he, he was went crazy. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Maybe he just thought he was from Apocalypse Now or something. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny though. Oh gosh. Well, if there was a director's cut of that, I'd love to see that. Anyway. I think one just came out actually. I mean, of, yeah, of, the, of the Green Bagel. I mean, that would be cool. Oh right, right, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just wanted to clear up. Superman can't go back in time. Yeah. Not that much anyway. I don't know. Well, like, because I remember you said to me you thought he was like really overpowered. Like, is that where your mm. perception uh, of that came from, or? Uh, um, yeah, it was, and, and just I guess being a non a non follower of the comics, just these assumptions you just make and i just assume because yeah. yeah from the movies and from the little things from the comics i've seen and all that sort of stuff i just got the impression that um and, and you know all these other characters that have come since that you know um uh mimic him in in a sense yeah. like you know century from marvel or, or hyperion yeah. from marvel they're massively powered so again i just associate that with superman going okay well He's probably as powerful as them, and can he do all that stuff? And yeah, that's what, oh, okay. Yeah, that's where it all comes from. But um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, but I do. So like, I, was, I was just wondering, really. Um, oh, I've got no, I've got no uh, credible, <laughs> no credible uh, sources where it came from. It was just all just mass assumptions from yeah, 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 just um, taking it in. The internet comic pages being posted. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I do love the the level of power here in this one's uh, in this uh, piece on Earth is quite good. I think. I mean, he's, yes. Sorry, we went. I went way off tangent there. No, sorry, no that's, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. He um he's quite power. He's quite you know he's quite um 
awesome here, basically with his power. Yeah. But he's not. Yeah, as you said, he's not. He's not um, hauling planets around or turning back time. No. Um, so he certainly can do a lot. And and what we see here in the American Southwest, uh, we see a lone uh, elderly figure. Uh, he's just trying to um, get some firewood as winter is coming on um, to try and you know obviously stay afloat through the harsh times. And uh, and we have Superman here with a shipping container full of grain and food. Uh, coming in to basically help him out, and um, and I'm assuming it does help him out a lot. Him and his uh, and his town, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I do. I do love the bit earlier how they mentioned a lot of people think that this is just some scam oh. that he's doing. Oh yeah, that yeah. Whether it's a scam, there's constant demands for interviews and statements. Yeah, it's like it. It always makes life like just some utter hatred people have for Superman, and it's like. I mean, even if you think he's boring, overpowered, like, why yeah. do you hate a guy who's just like a good person so much? Well, this is this is if anything, <laughs> like, if anything, it's, it's a mirror on on people themselves and showing oh, yeah. showing. I can't believe someone is this selfless. Surely that can't be right. No, because everyone else I know, surely they wouldn't do that. There's always a little something, you know, that's that someone wants to gain from it. So it kind of yeah is a really um, confronting mirror we see of people when they do yes yeah like even when you present this objectively selfless person mm. yeah people are still like oh yeah you know reacts negatively um yeah which is um, yeah no you're right it is it's uh yeah which is again again it's a it's a little uh, statement on humanity or, or i guess again yeah. batman v superman went into that a lot again um i know that's quite the controversial movie but mm. it uh it's pretty meta in that sense yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of sequences in there where he's just trying to do the right thing, and everyone's just pretty much just calling him an asshole. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to watch that again. I actually, I've seen it about two times. Two. Really? Times. I've enjoyed the second. I, did I see the ultimate edition? I can't remember. Um, yeah. Have you seen it a lot more? Or um, I saw the theatrical once, and that was enough for me. But I saw the ultimate edition yeah. a couple of times, and the ultimate edition is a big step up. Uh, fixes okay. pacing issues, gets puts a lot of Superman content back in there. Ah, um, okay, okay. Which makes it which would be good yeah. for 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 the fans like yourself. Well, it was also really important to the narrative because mm. without those scenes, a lot of the movie didn't make sense. Um, okay, yeah, I think yeah. I've seen the theatrical. <laughs> I think I've seen the theatrical released twice i haven't seen the ultimate one yet so I'd, I'd watch the ultimate if you enjoy the theatrical mm. definitely so mm. the ultimate edition and the director's cut of daredevil i've got to have on yes. my list for sure both both big improvements yeah good that's great i mean sometimes director's cuts aren't because you know there's a reason yeah. why things are edited but um yeah, other times well, they were they were stifled. The edit the, the director's um, vision is stifled, and to show their true vision, um, you need to really see the director's cut. Yeah, I mean that there is that whole thing. How Zack Snyder, like they made him cut heaps of stuff and just add more Batman scenes. But mm. there's also the thing. It's like, why are you trying to make a three hour and a half blockbuster movie? Like, yeah. don't write a three-hour-and-a-half blockbuster movie script because they're never going to let you do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah I think mean, blame is everywhere there. But... Mm. Yeah, so... Um, Rio. Rio, we get here. Um, fantastic shot. Again, nice angled, high perspective. 
um, yep. shot of Rio, and um, it's really terrible. Uh, I do know that iconic statue, but I don't know the name of it. Um, just the one of Jesus. Cristo yep. de uh, Cristo uh, Gineros or something. You are uh, way more cultured than I am, so that's good. It's good. Uh, well, you... if you get if you get hate mail, then you'll know I'm not. So <laughs> okay. Um, but we have again Superman, which I assume. Yep, we don't see it, but I'm assuming it's another shipping container he has of um, of some bounty that he will. Yeah. Um, send I think he's on. carrying boats of them. Oh wow. Because, like, obviously you can have heaps of shipping containers on boats. So. That's true. And it doesn't really look like... Uh, I know it's silly. It doesn't really look like a shipping container from this angle, but it's pretty hard to, hard to tell. But um, could yeah. also be a big bomb. <laughs> it's it. That's it. Well, you know. It's um, gone crazy. You can have a... It is. You just decided to, to nuke them all. Uh, yeah. let's, let's hope not. Um, no. Yeah, because, look, he goes on the next page. He's back on shipping containers. In the favelas... Um, uh, in there in Brazil um, and uh, we see the gutters the ghettos a lot of people you know sleeping in the alleys and struggling to eat and such uh, Superman comes down here again with his shipping container um, and we get that this is a very typical I think of Superman again harking back to BVS uh, the people kind of not clawing at him but um, you know reaching out to him as, as yeah. Some sort of... Well, he's he's looking happy here. Yeah, he, he is. He's not is. happy in BBS when people are doing that. Well, um, I think later on here as well, we see that there's there's like a another version of this where he gets oh, really. That's, that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah, he gets really uncomfortable. So this is a nice little setup. He's going, ah, this is all pretty good. Uh, it's nice and uh, yeah, Rio is also the first example of like he points out that there's no middle ground between wealth and poverty. Yeah, like this whole city is just. And I mean, I've I've known people who've gone to Rio. It's supposed to be pretty crime-ridden. Yeah, <laughs> um, not yeah. sure if it's still like that, but yeah. yeah, I've heard some horror stories. Well, I mean, it, I think it goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Like, if there is poverty and stuff, I mean, you are going to get that sort of stuff. I mean, I've, I've heard the same stories in Papua New Guinea as well. Uh, crime mm. rate is quite high, but again, that's what happens when I guess you're pushed um, and you're in that um, in that uh, situation. So yeah. Um, and then he goes to an unnamed war-torn European country. So you're truly, <laughs> truly global, right? Yeah, this is really cool. I yeah. like it. So uh, the moment it went to Eastern Europe, or, or um, um, oh, sorry, I'm assuming it's Eastern Europe, because <laughs> uh, but war, pretty, yeah, yeah, war-torn European country. It's called. Um, yeah, it's like for me immediately it's like okay, great, we're we're going all over the world here, um, and a very different palette here with colours. Um, yes. Immediately, it's like a colder, icier kind of look. Um, Definitely. Very drab. Um, we've got, looks like bombed or run-down buildings in the background. Uh, and again, the facial expressions. Um, I did spend some time looking at these faces as well, and I think um, mm. a lot of them are very, they're very, yeah, European, uh, Eastern European looking, I think, so. I love how he describes, like, them just going up, taking the food, and like, just yeah. silent as ghosts, pretty mm. much. That's um, scary, isn't it? Like it's, it's like there's there's no worship or anything. They just yeah. A very big difference from from uh, Brazil, and um, and then when someone asks a little child asks a little boy, um, will you come back tomorrow? He he can't face him. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is uh, he's starting to see the grimmer aspects of it all. Uh, and although yeah, he's he's, he's doing yeah, good it's work, starting to sort of dawn on him. Mm. 
he's doing good work, but it's not all cheers and you know you're you're so good and thank you, thank you. It's um it's getting a lot of the hardships. Um, and here we go. You're right, Connor. Later on, as he as he crosses what looks to be the African and then the Asian continents, uh, he's carrying the whole ship with all full of containers. Um, and he, he flies um, as fast as I can, crisscrossing the globe many times in order to keep my promises. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd be because he, he can't do this every day. No, he, he points can't. out. Yeah, like, the... and, and he says, and what, what's real eye here as well? I think he says um, it will probably provide only a day's relief. You know, you know all this massive work that he's doing. Um, uh, it, it really is not like a long term thing. But no, it's not a long-term solution. So it's starting to kind of really, as you say, dawn on him the the, the magnitude of, of this problem. Um, yeah. So returning to Africa, we see again him, which is, again, fantastic. He's got a huge sack. He's like a, he's like a blue and red Santa um, with a lot of grains, um, feeding, uh, filling the bowls for people, um, very dusty, um, yeah, and uh, it is a bit of a Santa thing, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. But there's a bit of that's right. I'm just remembered here. There's a, there is a bit of a, a sequence here now because there's a, a bushfire, a brush fire, that happens. Yeah. So this causes a bit of a yeah, a bit of a, a drama here. Um, and I just wanted to say beautifully rendered drawings of animals here. Um, by mm. Alex Ross, like that, I think that's one of the things for me for artists. If um, obviously you can draw characters and, and scenery and stuff, but if you can get animals right, um, then you know you, you're doing very well. And these this photographic quality is really fantastic. Um, yeah. So anyway, for the stampede that's coming towards a village, Superman um, builds a, a really haphazard trench by just basically ploughing through the ground himself and. Uh, and that kind yeah. of stops the creatures from from actually going any further, um, but it still doesn't stop a few going through. Yeah, and he's wrestling them like the elephant and the rhino, and I love the yeah. shot of the lion. Like it's yeah. it's like trying to kill him, and he's just like happily hugging it. He's, yeah, <laughs> he's got a bit of a he has a bit of that uh, Christopher Reeve look there, I think. Um, Definitely, yeah. But a, a bit of a um, like a smirk of uh, amusement of that. So yeah, I, I like that as well. Uh, and then he also creates a. Um, a tornado or water what does he do he spirals some water all the way up and uh, he puts out the fire which is a, a nice fantastic yeah. thing to do um, yeah it pretty much sucks the fire in you know just uh, oh okay he sucks the fire yeah yeah. I don't know but it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy it's only Superman can do it um, now yeah. this bit here Connor this is pretty cool um, and again we really do see more of the darkness of humanity here hmm yeah, uh, he, he yeah he comes to this grinning guy and uh, uh, he, he mentions he knows this guy like as a reporter yeah. he knows of um, this military despot and he, doesn't, um, he doesn't, like he's he's come across a warlord pretty much yeah and he does not look impressed nice facial expression there of Superman yeah he's just disgust really not happy. At all, yeah. And and rightly so, because they've got the guns trained on the people. And it's basically a standoff. He The despot doesn't want Superman to deliver the goods because um, 
he's, you know, he so want, yeah, he wants Superman to deliver the goods to him mm. and not the... Because yeah. Superman will know that this guy will just pretty much keep it all for himself. Yeah, but for the despot, he doesn't want to be undermined by having, yeah, by having Superman yeah. go past him and straight to the people. So there's a bit of a power play thing here. Um, and what Superman does, I think, actually... What really, what actually surprised me was then when he said he called his bluff and he yeah. started throwing the, the the food to the people. But then I was reminded it's Superman, like he can he can handle it, you know? Because I think, oh yeah. god, what's going to happen? And they shoot the people, but Superman is too quick for them, and he blocks them all, and he melts their guns, which is a really nice uh, rendition there. There's one with it, one soldier uh, gasping out loud there. Yeah, he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. As the, the guns are too hot for them. And again, we get the shaking fist. Oh, my gosh, that's fantastic. The desperate... You see the, the red eyes Superman has there. Yeah, fantastic. His heat vision's going off as well. Yeah. Um, so he pretty much just dumps the food near the villages and then just leaves because uh, he realises that he'll just bring more soldiers and stuff and, like, his presence is going to cause more trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's if up. this was Golden Age Superman, he probably would just would have like killed him or just oh, really? you know, yeah. thrown him very far away. Um, but uh, Golden Superman's shenanigans have been addressed because he he did he tried to do that in an issue a few years ago, and that ended very badly for everyone. <laughs> so yeah, <Right. laughs> you can't just overthrow military despots easily, unfortunately. No, and this is the important thing here as well. I think in the first instance, although Superman wins the battle here um, by you know stopping the guns and stuff, he flies away. He's kind of he can't really resolve this situation. So, no, he can't. Um, this is the first little defeat I think you'd, you'd, you'd mark up for Superman here. Um, yeah, and then he goes to a village. Um, and people are just too afraid to come out, so he just has to leave the grain in the middle of the street, pretty much, and the rats come out. Yeah, it's even and, worse. Uh, start eating it. Yeah, it, it, it kind of takes a downward. And here we go, the next page as well. Um, yeah, it takes a downward spiral, so to speak. Um, uh, yeah, the people claw at him. They, they, um, the faceless sea of hands rushes up to meet him. And uh, the tearing fingers barely register anything against my skin because, of course, he's he's so strong. But he can hear he can hear the rasping breath of their lungs, the frantic beating of each heart, and they just overwhelm him. So he is only he's left with nothing but to escape from them. And uh, what, yeah. what he does is a pretty impressive thing. He does a again. Is it Superman two? Where he does the the spiraling uh, drill? Superman one, I think. Superman where he one just drills down. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, so he escapes via, uh, you know, subterranean methods. Yeah. They're just, yeah, clutching at him. It's kind of like a, I guess, a drowning person. Like, they just mm. don't really, they're that desperate. They don't think. Yeah. And he says, if I'm I, like, they just. Yeah. He says, if I stay, they'll rip one another to pieces to get to the food. So this is, you know, dare Getting us. pretty grim. <laughs> Very grim. Yeah. So again, and he can't, there's he can't the do much. people throwing rocks at him yeah. and stuff when he gets there because they think he's like a political activist or a fraud or something. Yeah. Um, so they just, like, flat out don't want the food. Mm. Um, it's not looking good for him, and it's all kind of turning pear-shaped for, for what he It gets thought. worse. <laughs> and it gets worse as well. Um, if we thought rocks were bad and clawing hands, um, as he's moving a shipment across, um, we get the military um, just concerned um, about, yeah, about Superman's deeds, and they fire yeah. a missile at him. 
And they yeah, it's a, it's another despot. They pretty much like don't bring this food mm. down, and then he tries to bring it down. And yeah, they fire a missile and blow up his uh blow up his stash. But it's um it's it's a calculated move because it's not there to yep. obviously kill Superman. Um, what it is is that it poisons the um the the food, which makes it mm. um, and and you get a very this is the, the lowest ebb here. You get Superman on his knees. And is that wit's end? His mission ends here, incomplete and in failure. Um, yeah, he's pretty much holding the like remains of the food because mm. there was toxic in the yeah. uh, missile, which has just completely poisoned the ground. He's just kind of sitting there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's just been defeated pretty much. And so this really harks back to Jonathan Kent's vision, the words to him that, you know, there's enough stuff out there, but people tend to not share not you know not be not be forgiving yeah. and he's seeing this on the larger scale um where he's actively trying to help and they're just they're they're killing themselves basically these humans so yeah um yeah so then we uh he he's kind of reflecting as he is heading as he has headed back um back home uh and there it's um people saying that superman's mission has fallen short um yeah and then um yeah there's basically just it's just a little sad here i think because he, he knows there's going to be people waiting for him to come again mm. the next day as well well that's it yeah that's um it. And, and it shows the people there like waiting mm, look, you know, just there. hoping that he'll be back yeah looking up into the sky but it's it's not going to happen um and and the last sentence here then again maybe i wasn't giving the right gift which is um yeah which is pretty pretty cool um, and uh, so as as uh, Clark Kent, he actually manages to conduct an interview with Superman. I, I do love this, uh, where he goes, um, you know, it's time for a statement from Superman. To everyone's surprise, except my own, Clark yeah. Kent gets the interview. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and, and I'd like to read this as well, because uh, as you know, yep. I have always tried to provide comfort for those in want, pain and fear. Many times I'd considered taking stronger action to help the world, but I realised such measures could be short-sighted and disastrous. I tried to relieve world hunger, but I encountered heartbreaking poverty, not only in the slums and wastelands of the world, but within selfish men's souls. Um, yeah, and then he says, I now see that taking on this responsibility was too ambitious for one man, even a superman. And uh, and right, bark, bark. yeah, yeah, that's it. Basically, um, you buggers are just too difficult. Basically, uh, but it's it's not like he's given up as well. Um, yeah, and in a beautiful shot here, again reminiscent of Christopher Reeve in the movies. Definitely, he, yeah. yeah, as he flies uh, around uh, orbiting um, the Earth, uh, he basically what does he say here, Connor? He says um, basically help yourself, right? Yeah, that, that he says, uh, the welfare of Earth and lots of people will always be my primary concern, but if there's a solution to the problem of hunger, it must be one that comes from the compassionate heart of a man and extends outwards towards his fellow man. Mm -hmm. So, ah, yes. there's an old saying, yes. give a man a fish and he eats for a day, teach him a fish and he eats for a lifetime. And that one line can probably summarize yes. this whole yeah, <laughs> that, issue. That was the, uh, the um, thing I was uh, searching for, this this. Um, saying, which yeah. basically sums it up. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So help yourselves. Like um, 
to do it because yeah, this is too vast and and I think it was a really good way to to show the limits of Superman basically, so being that you yeah. think is 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 so awesome in power. Um, so yeah, a very good message there. And then we're brought back to uh, in full circle. We have Clark Kent actually practicing what he preaches and he has yeah. some small students um, or kids there which he teaches to sow uh, sow seeds similar to how his dad taught him when he was young and at the beginning of the issue and again um, I tell them not every seed will make it but all of them deserve the chance to grow so um, that was goes it. full circle at the end goes full circle and that was a a really touching like a really touching issue and it, it really does kind of I don't know, it, it, it kind of made me step back a bit and go, ooh, yeah, this is, this is really good, really well thought out, um, and the art yeah. was just fantastic again. I can't lord that enough. So, um, yeah, but um, a fantastic choice there, Connor, and, and I can see exactly, you know, why you would have picked it. It is a, a monumental yeah. book. Um, I only hope the other ones, well, the Wonder Woman one at least, um, has enough uh, has as much weight as it um, as this one because this was really an enjoyable read. Yeah, I, I'd say the other ones are definitely checking out, even if it's just for the art alone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I just none of them. Uh, I mean, this putting Superman with this question and having him tackle this problem, I think, is just such a classic mm-hmm. idea. And I just don't think can, I just don't think any of the other books really came close to. Yeah. doing that for their characters like they're good but yeah yeah um and yeah definitely i guess yeah like when i read this book it impacted me because you know i was just trying to find out what i wanted to do with my life at mm-hmm. that point this definitely helped steer me towards uh learning to teach yeah yeah um and i did end up teaching for a bit as well so uh-huh. you know and I'll, I'll probably go teach again yeah. um it, 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 yeah it's just yeah. a, it's a really good example of just I guess of just how to be a good human being as well you know pretty much um, which is uh, yeah really nice I mean you don't you don't get many comics where you're left with um, you know this is what a good human being is and this is how we can be better you generally there's a lot of entertainment nothing wrong with that again um, with it but oh yeah nothing wrong with yeah. that yeah but this one was uh, really good. I thought it was really good indeed. Um, yeah. As for ratings here, Connor, I, I think we have to do this um, as well, of course. Um, so you gave four and a half, quite a high one for the Daredevil 304. What would you give mm-hmm. Superman Peace on Earth? <sighs> God, why don't you go first? Oh, okay. I would... Um, and look, I'd... Take a little bit from you, from what you said, that five is pretty much unattainable. Um, oh, actually, having said that, my gosh, no, Connor Shu and I, we've gone crazy with Lemire <laughs> ratings. Uh, so I will as well, because I was really, really impressed with this. I would give this a seven out of five. Um, wow. Bags of wheat. Um, yeah, so it's really... Oh, I was, I was going to say sacks of grain. <laughs> <laughs> I'll beat you to it. Um, yeah, no, I'm really impressed with this. Um, and only have I gone above and over the ratings um, with uh, some of the Lemire issues and Moon Knight, um, but I really did enjoy this. You can't go wrong with the art, and the story was very touching. Um, it was fantastic, the way it was formatted, everything. So, yeah, 
I'd give that. Uh, not wanting to steal any thunder from you there, Connor, but uh, I know that's fine. Yourself then, how would you how would you give this? Well, I'm going to make it slightly more complicated and go 3.75 sacks of grain oh. out of five. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a really good story. I think ultimately it's also a very simple story. I'm not mm. saying that it's a bad thing. Yeah. Um, it's a nice, simple story. It's got fantastic artwork. Mm. Uh, it's... It's it, it explores, I think, yeah, it explores one aspect of Superman, but I think it's an essential aspect as well because mm-hmm. this just answers that question of, like, hey, why doesn't he do all these things? Yeah. So, but um, as for the downsides, I mean, I guess, yeah, I, just, I, I thought it was really good, just not um, perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, thought, uh, I thought a couple of the lines were... Bit like melodramatic, okay. Um, you know, like a bit, sort of like, like a bit, maybe like just a bit, yeah, melodramatic, trying to tug my heartstrings. But I mean, mm-hmm. ultimately, I still thought it was like a really great issue, and you know, it's definitely something yeah. I would recommend people read. Oh, for sure. Look, uh, I, yeah, I would go so far as to say, I wouldn't mind having uh, getting the. Uh, is it in a trade or is it? Um, does it come out in any? So, yeah. uh, you, they these were done separately, uh-huh. but the cheaper option, I believe, it's called uh, Absolute Justice. Yeah, it's called Absolute Justice League: The World's Greatest Superheroes by Alex Ross uh-huh. and Paul Dini, and that um, collects all of those, all of. Uh, the stories, so yeah. uh, One Woman, Superman, Batman, and Shazam. Right. Oh, um, okay. Might have been a Green Lantern one. I don't think so, though. But as in, like a, a paperback, like a. Uh, I, uh, it's an absolute edition, so it's like a big hardcover and has a oh. sleeve with it as well. Oh, even better. Yeah. Um, looks. I can honestly say I'd love to, you know, um, with my kid coming up, I'd, I'd love to someday read him this. Take him to it. Yeah, I mean, I uh, yeah, I, I'd pick up this hardcover because mm. it has heaps of stuff, and then you can tell me how it is and if it's worth my money. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, but fantastic. Um, you're brilliant. So check that out. I'll I'll have the the notes for for this again in the show notes. Um, yep. But wow, mammoth mammoth episode here, Connor. I'm. Uh, I said we've cracked the three hour mark here. Oh, have we broken a record? We have. We have. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's awesome. I think it's uh, the longest um, ITK so far. So episode forty, we've uh, we've cracked. Well, it. we're only halfway through because we still got your four issues. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and let's go through page one. No, no, <laughs> um, no that's been fantastic. It's been a really, um, really fun and insightful um, romp through through your, I guess your your treasured and your most important books to you. Um, as well as you know, obviously talking, obviously getting to know, the, getting to know the man behind the Sons of the Dragon, Connor. So um, <laughs> it's been an absolute. It's been great to have you on, um, and like to extend. Uh, you know, not that I'm signing off yet or anything, but you know, just like to extend whenever you you want. You should uh, yeah, you can pop up, pop on over to Grant Mansion, and uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully Connishu will be here as well. Uh, Connishu's at the Supernova uh, comic convention up in the Gold Coast here in Australia, which I believe you're going to as well, are you? Yes, on Sunday. Awesome. Um, 
And uh, I actually, I found out who, you know, pardon my ignorance, I found out who Tom Welling was that you were talking about to oh, me earlier. Oh, right. So yeah. I had him advertise <laughs> on the website, and uh, yeah, I get it, Smallville, yeah? So yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I will not be meeting him, unfortunately, but... Uh... I should still be fun. Yeah, yeah no, it'll be good. Be cool. Yeah. Uh, do you go to many conventions or? No, the, I only went to that one other one where I met Dave Gibbons and yeah. uh, Lex Luthor. So okay, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a hell of a first convention, though. God damn, get to yeah. sit down and talk about Superman fifteen minutes with like one of my favorite artists. So bloody awesome. That was um, yeah. that was Supernova as well, right? We've only got yes, yeah, yeah. Australia's only really got limited amounts of comic book conventions, I guess. Yeah, um, we don't have many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean that's great. I mean, you you go there for the particular creative artists or you know stars. Um, it really makes a big difference. Yeah. So should be fun. Um, yeah. So Connor Shoes there. He's uh, whipping up a storm, no doubt. Uh, swinging off a chandelier somewhere. Um, <laughs> but um, look, I guess um, I guess just formally, kind of like to thank you. Uh, for for coming on this show, uh, where can they where can they find you, Connor? Typically, okay. So typically, you can find me at my home. The address. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, um, so I run the Iron Fist podcast. Uh, so it's called Sons of the Dragon: The Immortal Iron Fist Podcast. If you just Google Iron Fist podcast or like Immortal Iron Fist podcast, Sons of just yeah, you should find us pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, Twitter, um, tw- where I'm on Twitter under Iron Fist Podcast. Uh, we're on iTunes as well, uh, Podcast Garden, uh, SoundCloud. So yeah, we're we're and I'm sure um, there'll be a link in the show notes yep. too. Oh, definitely. And, um, uh, and thanks. Yeah. yeah. No worries. And you're um you're a member of the collective as well. We're all part of yes. a, a a bigger consortium of podcasters so uh yeah again i mean on on our blog site as well um we've got a link to all the um podcasts there which sons of the dragon are a part of uh yep that's great um well loonies i know it was a very non moon knight centric issue but uh <laughs> episode but i really do hope you enjoy the discussion um, we've had with connor um as i mentioned go check out his podcast and page and Twitter accounts, um, and just tweet him any questions on um, on any of uh, maybe the issues that piqued any of your interests or any of the arcs he'd mentioned, like All Star Superman, Daredevil Born Again, and Guardian Devil, or uh, Joe Kelly's Deadpool, or as Connor mentioned as well, Stanley and Steve Ditko's Spider Man. If you've got any other questions that you'd like to touch base with Connor, just um, look him up uh, on those social platforms and uh, yeah, drop him a line. Uh, Yeah, fantastic. Um, Next phase, we will be joined by uh, two loonies, our man on the streets, Tommy Cavill, returns, as well as the power of Chad. Chad is another loony who we've (laughs) had on the the podcast before, and we are looking forward to chatting with them, along with Konishu. Konishu returns, uh, talking Moon Knight Volume 9, Issue 194, which is the Bemis issue... Uh, and drawn by Ty Templeton. Uh, A very different issue, um, but you have a bit more time now to get your thoughts down and uh, drop us a line. We'll be more than happy to read your feedback out on the show next week. Uh, Apart from that, um, there's an Infinity War 
a discussion, roundtable discussion, um, which will be out soon by Capes and Lunatics. Um, I pop in as a, again as a as a guest. I'm, um, yes, like a like a plague going out through <laughs> all the podcasts. So I'll uh, I'll be there with um, a Signal of Doom as well, another podcast Ooh. from the collective, and I think Atalan Rising. Um, so all those plus Capes and Lunatics, of course, we're all part of the collective. Um, and that's hosted by Phil from there. So uh, keep your eyes out for that, and make sure you watch the film as well. Um, yeah, and that you should uh, get around to that. Yeah, Connor, you should. I mean, like I was about to ask, but I do know that um, you've just recently seen Black Panther, which is pretty cool. Um, so it sets you up now for for Infinity War, and you have, yep. have to see it. I'll be seeing it Tuesday. Yes, excellent. Cheap Tuesdays. <laughs> Fantastic, and and. If you can dodge spoilers still, just do it all. Uh, I hope you haven't been spoiled yet. Um, well, I've asked you for spoilers. You haven't given them to me. Ah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know, which is a very weird request, but um, I've got Thanos tapping my shoulder, so I have to demand my silence. Well, he demands my silence. Um, alrighty, well, that's it for this uh, this episode. Connor, how about we um, head back onto the Mooncopter? resist <laughs> no worries um all right and as always uh, may connor oh not may connor <laughs> may conchu <laughs> watch over the denizens of the night catch you later i liked the may connor watch you but yeah <laughs> see ya <laughs> more nights and affiliated characters stories and events are properties of marvel characters incorporated Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.